the What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen. What? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Tron. Mm-hmm. It's Tron, and it's Tron at the same time. It's Tron. Y'all are some ungrateful people, man. I'm excited as hell. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or blurry. Press play. Press pause when the green Walt Disney Productions fades to black. The first name you perceive of all black. Go ahead and press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, on pause. At which point, I'll press play here. You press play there, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except of course this time with four friends in your head. Those friends this week are myself, as always, T. Christie, and Brian Thinnevder. Greeting, Michael Dorkman. Scott. Yes. <laughs> well done, well done. And Eddie the Eddie Doty. Greetings program. Someone had to do it. Yeah, that was not bad. That was not bad. Tron, okay, here's the thing. I used to think I loved Tron. And then we did a down and thread for it. And the, okay, what ended up happening was we wanted to stop the commentary halfway through, but we didn't, <laughs> which might have been bad. Like maybe that's tainting it because we had to slog through the last half of it. And, and just be hating ourselves the entire time. And it was like a self-loathing thing. It was like an Elliot Smith album. Uh, but we walked out of Tron hating it. And I had walked into it loving it. Now, the problem might be that apparently these discs don't have English subtitles. And that would have been one of the first times we had done a commentary without subtitles. Um, but we don't have subtitles today. So the only weapon we have against what is now apparently Tron's suckitude is Eddie the Eddie Doty. That's me. Um now, what's interesting is that this movie does seem to follow the monomyth pretty well. So I, we can at least talk about it in those terms and figure out if it is boring, why it's boring. Because, you know, the monomyth works. Worked in Avatar, didn't it? Anybody? Brian? Tron? <sighs> you, all right. I just let, For the record, we're doing this because people in the forum and our fans have been demanding that we do this. We already tried. It didn't turn out well, and we tried to spare you, but you, you don't know any better. <laughs> you, you insisted, so this is your own fault. This is why we hurt you. It's not because Daddy wants to. It's because you're asking for it. Um, that was <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, that was that was actually harsher than I meant it to be. <laughs> if, you Jesus, know, if, 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 if you were intimidated, oh. just imagine that Brian is sitting here with a blue plate and a thing of spaghetti. Yeah, and just kind of munching. Just on imagine it. that it's me. Okay, and you the plate has the spaghetti on it. He's not carrying like a plate and then spaghetti <laughs> on the side. <laughs> Two different hands. He, he's not. He's not double fisting like a you know yeah. spaghetti plate. How do you feel I am about hungry. the movie? I am hungry. No, uh, I was I was actually substantially like you. I hadn't seen Tron in a long time. I was like, yeah, Tron's awesome. Let's watch Tron. Woo, yeah. And Trey, it should be noted, who's <laughs> that, not that's here. That's how you talk? Woo, oh. All the time, yeah, woo. Uh, Trey, it should be noted, was like, no, no, no. You guys not, know this not, movie sucks, right? You, you guys know this sucks. It's a horrible movie, right? And so we said- we No, it doesn't. Go to hell. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Listen to this guy and sucks. Get the yeah. fuck out of here with your sucks. So, long story short, we, we sat down and we did it, and Trey turned out to be right. And also doing this to extenuating circumstances during that time, Trey had to step out of that commentary for a while, so it was just uh, the three of us, Teague, myself, and Dorkman. Talking about gas prices and weather. Really, really. I would like to actually wow. listen to that recording at, at some point. I think point. we really did devolve into gas prices at <laughs> we, one point. We, we did at some point. <laughs> we were like... We we ran, just ran out of, ran out of steam it's after like, a while. You guys know anything about the Yankees? No. Yep. So how about the Yankees? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Darkman, Tron. So, yeah. That's um, the story. Come on. I don't. I nerd, don't think nerd the, power. I don't think the conclusion we came to was that the movie sucked so much as we watch it and we're like, what What are you gonna say about it? I mean, it's it's there. I mean, it's it. And to an extent, you know, as um um the analogy that Trey has come up with, we're we're doing this because it's. It's like the guy that climbed Mount Everest because it was there. This is a Mount Everest movie, and we've got to climb it because it's there. <laughs> but um, what we're going to be able to find to say about it... Sir Edmund Hillary, by Remains the way. to be seen. 
Okay. <laughs> that saying. guy. Also, Reinhold okay. Messner. Uh, okay. Do you like the movie at all? I mean, um, do, you, do you have love? I um, the light cycles. Come on. Having seen it, well, the first I, twenty minutes rule. When I saw it the first, when I saw it the first time, I saw it, you know, um, fairly recently because I'm like, oh yeah, Tron, and I had kind of the same reaction um, that I did watching it um, for Down in Front. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was a terrible movie, but I was just like, well, that was a movie from the 1980s, and they were very excited about these computer thingies. And um, that's that's what this movie very clearly is. It's and then they made Tron, and then Hollywood was like, okay, so that's what computer movies are. Let's just not do those. Yeah, there are points where it definitely you know drags, um, and uh, I guess we'll just we'll just see. I feel I feel very neutral about this movie. I don't love or hate it. One thing I w- was very surprised when we did this the first time around was how front loaded the movie was, which I had never really yep. realized before, and which we realized all too painfully when we did it. <laughs> so. Let's see what we deal with that this time. Now we have two advocates. Yes. It's, it's Tron. It's Tron. So we have a digital advocate. We'll get to him in a second. Okay. We have a real analog advocate, <laughs> and his name is Eddie Doty. Flesh and blood. And he's been saying for months that when we do Tron again, he's got to be there. Eddie, you're here. <laughs> Why? Why? What's Why? Your, what the hell is my deal? Uh, as the, uh, you know, not to, not to pull on the daddy pants, but uh, as the only guy in this room who was born before 1980... Um, there is a couple of things. What, One, you, what are you trying to say? Well, what I'm saying is that there's a couple of things at play here. 1982, uh, for our listeners, go look up the movies that were released in 1982, and it's sheer magic. You had uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You had... Uh, Wasn't that 1980? No, you had, no, no, no. Was it Raiders 80? Raiders was 80, 82. 82. 82. 81, 82. 82. 82. Okay. Uh, you had this. You had Tron. You, know, you had Raiders. You had, uh, I think, I don't want to... Not Close Encounters, but you had a you had a bunch of movies right around 1982 that were really really awesome, and I think certain movies um, sort of intersect a certain generation right at the right time. There's a reason why they're doing a sequel in 2010 because everybody who was my age, who was six years old or four years old when this movie came out, is got kids now and they're you know they they crave this stuff with a passion because. This was 1982 was like the first year that really a lot of people started having personal computers in their home, and then the idea that wow you could go inside the computers like that you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You said these computer where Mike said these computer thingies. Yeah, it was sort of magical. Like it was sort of magical that you could have a computer in your home, and and when you're a kid, you're like you wonder what happens inside of a computer. This this movie tapped into that perfectly. The movie is wonderfully flawed. There's lots of shit that doesn't make sense. There's lots of just weird gaps of time and space, and parts of the structure don't work, and the exposition is clunky as hell. But you take uh, a, a real genuine stab at an emerging technology like that, and you combine a mythology that's kind of cool uh, with some visuals that were definitely cool at the time. It forgives a lot, and it, it certainly it just kind of influences a lot of people who were my age. Uh, the first time I saw this was 1983, actually, and uh, it, it was a Disney Channel free preview weekend. And you know how they front the load- Disney Channel is that old? Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. they just played Mouseketeers and stuff on like. ABC. Oh my god, no! They, they Disney Channel in the early eighties. They didn't own ABC. Though. No, they didn't own yeah, ABC. They, didn't own they ABC had their own channel, like two thousand three or something. Right? No, 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 nineties. They, they, they oh, bought 90s. it in the mid nineties. But the when, po- when they bought Blue and widescreen and everything else, they owned. The, the point is, is that Disney like used to air. Uh, Disney Channel was a lot of science stuff. A lot of those Disney science documentaries is what aired. So Disney was almost like a Discovery Channel back then. But that pushed Lemmings off of cliffs. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, is that they they. Uh, you know, they've, yeah, look what the Discovery <laughs> Channel does now. <laughs> exactly, that's a good point. Yeah, I've, I've, I've they give yeah. shows to Sarah Palin for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> uh, but you know, Disney had this, and so there was like a big event, like holy crap, Tron. And my five-year-old brain melted when I saw this, and it's one of those movies that 
it may not be good, but it hits you at the right time. Like what Phantom Menace did for you when you saw it. You know what I mean? Like it's we always got to play that card. Well, but because it because it's a it's a <laughs> universal it's, it's a universal point. Everybody's got that movie back when they were a kid that hit them just at the right time at the right place. Uh, in the right moment of history, and it ends up shaping what they think is cool, even as an adult. So there's a reason why Tron is getting a sequel in 2010. And it's largely because what the movie fails to do in a lot of ways, it does by establishing a really deep world. And I'm very forgiving of movies that establish a really well-thought-out world. Cool. So Now, we also have a, um, as it is Tron, we have a digital advocate uh, who has also spent years saying that he wants to do this commentary with us. He's from Geeksa. He's Chris Hanley. He's in the chat. And I'll be bringing up whatever he says whenever he says it. That being said... Have your mouse or remote ready. Three, two, one, unpause. And we're off. All right, Eddie. Space oh, Mountain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> yeah. is kind of Space Mountain. We actually Mountain-ish. did on Geeksa a, uh, a commentary for Tron, and we were basically oh. doing it MST3K style. And our, oh, joke, our joke there was, hey, it's Tetris from the top. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but even, but I mean, say what you want about the title sequence. That's, you know, that's kind of the crux of the movie. You You're can, going inside of something. You can definitely see this movie as a precursor to other things i mean this is this is a title sequence that's been done fancier since then but yeah it's major reloaded yeah it's also you know just a couple years later it was explorers title sequence mm-hmm. too now i, I do want to say several sequences in explorers and, and for me like going there is such a joy to going to an actual arcade and plunking a quarter into something <laughs> and what this movie succeeded in doing is, as far as franchising and merchandising goes was actually create a video arcade game that was exactly that. Now I had that game on my calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a snake. Uh, yeah, it's snake with two. Mr. Players. David Warner, yeah. uh, classic uh, British actor who, very good actor, but picks some really really horrible stuff. Um, there's actually an MST3K movie starring David Warner. I forget. The, I think it was like something about wizards or something that's really spectacularly bad. <laughs> um, hey hey hey! He did Star Trek Six. He's a great actor who does a lot of great stuff. He also is, he has no shame about doing crap. Um, which but, is why you did Star Trek Five, right? Exactly. Now, when you're a kid and you play an arcade game, this is exactly what you want to happen. And I think the smart thing that this movie did was really tap into that sort of you know childlike sense of wonder of wow, what what happens inside the TV, mom? You know what yeah. happened? You know, I mean, this is a really good cold open, especially in 1982. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah, part of I think part of the problem um, may be that a lot of the story, a lot of the setup happens well before the the movie is going like and what? they right. kind of have to mm. talk about it a little bit and stuff um the the entire thing that's going on with with Flynn yeah um is is not is not you know they they sit down and kind of talk about it but um you think it could have been interesting know. to watch Flynn's ascension and then he becomes the video game in act 2 well i guess he sort of does he but was. like later in the movie Potentially. because well spending so much time in Tron is sort of the downfall. Well, no, it's it's or at it's least that, it's it's there too. It's a cor- it's part, corresponds. Part of the problem is that you know again we're watching this without subtitles. We can't quite follow what each stage of the story well, is that this they're is trying the, to get this is through. the accounting program and he's been hijacked. Essentially, in the story right now is that the master computer program, which is an early early version of the internet, essentially. Uh, it's it's kind of what people were fearing about when DARPA created DARPAnet back in the early eighties. Okay. I swear to God, um, that's BJ Novak. I swear <laughs> to God. Well, it's it's also it's also um um a, the master control program is a pre pre forerunner of Skynet. Exactly. And and, and well, um, and Skynet was based off of DARPAnet. Da- right. Skynet was yeah. You know, I mean, so back when DARPA first started talking about ideas of connecting two privately owned computers through a network. That, I mean, there was a little bit of controversy surrounding that. Like, oh, what's to stop you from going around and controlling computers? 
people, and that was basically born out of ignorance, not knowing exactly what would happen. Uh, anyway, so so the, the guy on the right there is an accounting program. He's like a banking mortgage software program. And then the guy on the left, I forget what he does. He's quicken. He's quicken. Yeah, essentially. The guy on the left is, is much cooler. But essentially the story, the, the programs are being taken over to do games. Now, the the my main criticism with the setup of the story is that you have this, you've established this really awesome thing that each program is alive and has a personality that's imprinted by its, its creator and its author. So that's why clue looks just like Jeff Bridges. That's why Tron just looks like Bruce Foxleitner, because if you, if you, there's a quasi religious thing about this, yeah, meanwhile in the real world. So uh, I wouldn't have guessed. The problem is, is that you develop this amazing mythology and what's the point. What's our hero's journey? corporate espionage yeah well that's that's the you know which kind of flies over the average seven-year-old's head and we'll get to it when we get to it but i think that's one of um uh one of the failings of inception as well because that's the exact same thing about inception yeah it's yeah exactly he he wants to the the actual goal is pretty this right here is my favorite shot in the movie it's and, a great it's, and it's when we go into the tank and you see the red room and it's rotating. It just looks so damn cool. Yeah, like yeah. the effect that they did making it look Tronny, is it's it's very complicated optical where everyone had a white suit on, a white suit yeah. with black lines, and then they inverted the image and colorized what was now white. Uh, and the result is this bizarre semi-digital looking thing, and it works well, best it's, when it's on a, like a solid thing. Like when yeah. it's on them, it looks kind of weird, but when it's just a solid set, it looks totally. Th- this is also almost a. Um, you know, a, a precursor in some ways to like uh, uh, Waking Life and Scanner Darkly, yeah. in in a sense, because they basically they basically shot this movie once, and then everything you see that's a glow, uh, it it's not procedural. You know, they they went in and they basically painted frame by frame everything every you know that that thing yeah that thing uh, that was spinning around him where the lights were kind of going like in and out of the center that was hand done by someone you know Um, they spent a long time working on this so so yeah right now the story the story is that that we're not so much getting um at the moment is that he's uh uh flynn designed all of these uh, various programs and stuff like that. He designed the video games, games that yeah. people are playing mm-hmm. um, on In company time. Okay. On, he designed it on company time working for uh, David Warner mm-hmm. in the real world. And then David Warner found out that's what he was doing, locked him out, fired him, but took those games. Kept his intellectual property. And and has created ar- arcade games out of them. So now Wildly, wildly successful. Yeah, so now Flynn is basically... Running an arcade full of his own games, but he has he's no. He's just like the building. Yeah, manager. but he has yeah. no yeah. evidence right. no, yeah, that he, it that it belongs to him. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to break in to their system um, to gain the evidence that he actually designed these games. Right. And and a clue here is his little uh, the the avatar running his his programs. You know, he types in a, a command. You know, look for so and so, blah blah blah, and and Clue has to travel the terrain yeah. <laughs> to actually look for this information. Clue, Clue yeah. is the program. The program is is Clue, and because he was created by Jeff Bridges, he um he looks just like Jeff Bridges. So now keep in mind for the uh for the, part of the reason we're doing this now is because Tron Legacy is coming out in a matter of weeks. What is? Uh, the the sequel um, and in the sequel the main bad guy is Clue is the program designed by Jeff Bridges so uh, I know a little bit about it but or rather Clue two he he designed a new because Clue just oh was it was destroyed. it was killed there yeah. yeah in the chat room Chris points out that at the time David Warner was a colleague not a superior 
Yeah, exactly. He, they were, he, they were he all, becomes, yeah, he, they were he, all engineers. He, at the same. he, he becomes up Michael that, Eisner. In fact, this movie's yeah. an allegory about Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, I mean, if you and I kind of, it was odd actually because when I read Disney War, the book about Michael Eisner's sort of rise and, and fall out of Disney. Oh no, there he is. Um, Clue's still alive. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still on Eisner's side. Uh, you know, that's a that's a separate discussion for a separate series of movies. And um, but it's a good thing to say in public. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael Eisner and, and has hey, a bunch of Google feeds. If my, if my company, there's a, there's a black van that just was parked across the street. Now it's gone. You're if my, welcome. If my company ever wants to pitch something to uh, Michael Eisner's production company, you know, I have nothing but candy and flowers to say about him. Um, but yeah, he gets he gets digitized he, or derezzed here. This this is actually important because we established the derez, the idea that pro- programs can't get broken up. This is essentially a file getting deleted. Or a program getting deleted, getting broken up into bits, and 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 this re- is the thing that started bad hierarchy design and uh, and word uh, naming conventions because people became so sentimental attached to their stuff they wouldn't delete them and their computers would get full and they only had 128k and it was a mess. R- when you tell right. a kid this is That's what happens really when what you happened, delete a file, get the, <laughs> what what happened for the last 30 years is what happens. We have to have bigger and bigger hard drives and people don't delete things because they're afraid they're gonna the helicopter is cool. <laughs> that helicopter is the yeah. most awesome thing of all time. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so kids uh, were afraid to delete stuff. That's and a true count. story. Yeah, um, that reminds me of the tagline to the old Sims game, which was, "If it were any more real, it would be illegal to turn it off." <laughs> you ever play old Sims? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I my main my main thing. Was I'd lock was, them all in a house till like, they poop themselves. Yeah, and die. I, I just make no, no. It was like the old Sim City game. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. My, my, that actually like gave me a small existential crisis. <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. My I was buddy, like, I don't know if I want to play this. Now here's the thing. I'm curious about because i haven't seen this in a while okay um jeff bridges is in the real world doing his thing and he designed a program that looks like jeff bridges and tron well any program but, but designs but, is gonna look right. like jeff bridges oh okay so no, there's a bunch he, wait, wait. It, it's just well, because he designed it it happens to look like right, him. Right. He didn't now he just got derezzed uh-huh yeah. and then he appears again no well no he gets when jeff well, bridges well, he, goes, is, he goes in so the world around them thinks that it's the same guy again. yes well but yeah. nobody really knew him he was kind of like a stealth bro. he didn't interact with other okay. programs now so. if there's a bunch of programs that he wrote running around in tron do they all look like jeff bridges no uh, not necessarily, but like, uh, it, it kind of, I mean, this is sort of the fault of the movie. They don't really sort of address things like that. They just, you know, the idea is that there is a quasi religious thing about this, you know, that they essentially the programs believe some programs believe in gods that are called users. So there is an element of faith that the programs have that their user is going to make contact with them and communicate directly with them. Uh, so, it, you know, we're setting up our basic straight up monomythic stuff here. We've yeah. got our Jeff Bridges, good guy. We've got our arch villain. David we, Warner. Yeah. Well, David he's Warner a good plays, villain. He plays all three villains in this movie. Yeah, he uh, he uh, and Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> David Warner sucks. He, he's he, always chomping down on the hero. I loved it when he was Billy Zane. Uh, yeah, no, he uh, he also does. The I voice believed of the him. MCP and uh, and of course, I forget. God, I, I really thought believe. that was Billy Zane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hard to do Billy Zane. It's hard to, you know, it's not, 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 from, what I, not, not. from what I hear. Yeah, Brand, Brand, <laughs> Brando refused to do Billy Zane. Uh, it was just too outside of his range. Uh, end of line. One of those. The thing is, this movie actually has a lot of sort of iconic things. Um, you know, end of line greetings program. I totally forgot that, that guy was in this movie. Bruce Boxleitner. Yeah, star of Titanic Two, uh, <laughs> produced yep. by Asylum Productions, and that also David Warner was also in. Yeah, absolutely. No, and uh, I don't think it was Titanic Two. Actually, I think it was something else. No, he. I just saw the trailer for Titanic oh, Two. It was, and it was Bruce Boxleitner. Yeah. No, it was Bruce Davidson. Is Titanic Two? Oh, yeah. then, then. But he. Bruce Boxleitner. This, this is what happened last time. 
Oh, I know. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, Bruce Boxliner famously <laughs> for, for only ten minutes for, for Babylon Five. <laughs> well, no, no, this this doesn't feel like any different down in front to me so far. This feels like we. Oh we, no, I was kidding. We do tangent off quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Although, did you see he had a, uh, a I popcorn do, maker oh, in look his at that cubicle? Matt well, first, yeah, yeah I was going to say, you see the matte painting of the infinite cubicles, uh, yeah. which kind of just, dis- I mean, I, the, the cool thing is, is that I, I was in, I think, I was in first grade, but we had already started to have some interaction with computers. Like, we actually had a computer lab at our school, and we got to, like, do some basic stuff. And there was a, we had a Commodore 64, and I had, like, a book. You would have been in first grade in, like, 85, 86, right? No, I was in first grade in 83, 84. Okay, and you had, yeah. really? Yeah. Damn. Lived in Santa Rosa. Well, and the previous you year. You must have had a nice school. The previous year, I went to a, a private gifted school, and where there was like, oh. where they taught, <laughs> whoa, whoa, they, whoa. they well, they taught grades K through three in the same classroom and taught them the same curriculum. And it was, yeah, that was, they told you it was gifted. It was an Amish. School. I know, right? It was an yeah, Amish it, school. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was actually, it was, yeah, there was no electricity. We had to turn so, butter. So you had a, a really informative kindergarten, and then th- you wasted three years. <laughs> well, we all. Just, it was, it was very, it was, it was a private school, but it was like we had a computer lab, and we got to, and we got to like learn French and all this other stuff. But we had a really cool computer lab where we got to like actually interact. And in first grade, there was like a computer in the room, and we all had like time on it to just sort of get familiar with it. My mom worked heavily in computers, so. You know, computers were a, a big part of a lot of people around that age's life. At least, if not interacting with them, certainly everybody interacted with an arcade, right? And uh, uh, war games. And you know, the sort of early '80s cutthroat corporate world was sort of starting to happen. And uh, and so uh, this movie kind of, kind of like I said, it's not that this movie is perfect or even good. It hit <laughs> at the exact right moment for the exact right people. It's kind of like wasn't outliers. it a flop? In the theaters, yeah, but it was it became a huge cult hit, and like it became a huge huge cult hit, and actually it got did, it did all right. It was made for seventeen million and made thirty three in theaters. So. Yeah. It became a cult hit where you could turn it off or fast forward through the parts that you didn't want to but watch it, again. But if you were a kid, every mm. single frame of it was magic. Like you didn't you didn't you know you weren't paying attention. You're to telling the vague... me you didn't fast forward through the scene? Uh, not uh-huh. as a kid. Now with that said, I was like. Even as a kid, you're kind of like, okay, I know computers don't actually have like personalities and can talk. Like, there's no computer that can do that. You sort of you 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 kind of realize, okay, a magical beam is not going to zap me and turn me into a program as cool as that would be. And I love that the elevator button said Laser Bay Two. <laughs> like, there's a whole floor that's just a damn laser bay. Well, hey. well. Eddie, what are the things? Uh, what would you describe as the failing of Tron? Uh, just I I think. That, Structure wise, it, it lacks. Like you said, you you kind of hit on the head perfectly. It's very front loaded. It's uh, that was Brian. Brian, uh, you, you, well, you look you look a lot alike. I just sort of look over there. <laughs> it's the hair, hair opinions. Uh, no, it, it is front loaded with with uh, the story, and it does kind of fall apart like a little bit after the midpoint. It's got, I think, a good conclusion. The fight with uh, 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 when MCP like empowers David Warner and he grows giant. Like, I think that whole disc thing is cool, uh, but. It, it sort of like it also becomes a little bit hard to track some of the uh, uh, some of the characters and whatnot. It's just you kind of like some characters are forgettable, and the problem with the effects is that faces get sort of washed out, and uh, you start to like lose distinguishing ability between some of the uh, not not the key cast, but some of the this movie players. encourages face blindness. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it's uh, it, it's you know the uh, like I said, the mythology is great, but having this wonderful mythology being used to figure out you know. Uh, intellectual property theft uh, essentially you know essentially becomes the Facebook movie at that point uh, <laughs> if, if you know like if in the middle of the Facebook movie if there was like a, a digi Timberlake that like 
had to do some shit, then that would have been as out of place as this was, I think. In the in the chat, uh, Chris says it's the Solar Sailor sequence. It just starts to drag yeah, they're, they're, like crazy. the Solar Sailor sequence, and there's literally a shot that of these these uh, what the gaming world would call trash mobs. But in the Tron video game, there's these spiders that were really cool. A huge level of their Tron arcade game was destroying these spiders. Is that the thing that's in this movie as an actual cartoon? Yeah, and the, but and, and the thing is, it doesn't. It comes out of nowhere, and we'll talk about it more. But like, it comes out of nowhere. They're in the solar cell sequence, and all of a sudden, it's like, uh oh, digital spiders. We better not encounter any of those. And it's ten seconds of those spiders moving around, and you never see or hear from them again. Like, <laughs> well, you it know has why they're no there, though, consequence. Right? Uh, the, no, you know why no. they're in the movie? Why? Is because they wanted to prove to the digital guys that cartoons could do this as well and it was a disney thing it was like part of the contract that they had to the, use disney animators on it the, right, the disney okay. animators were very uh upset about this very not happy about the use of computers <laughs> and in fact um as big a deal as this um uh and it's it's funny to look back at now but as big a deal as as this was in terms of using computers for visual effects uh the academy refused to nominate them for best special effects because in their opinion using cheating. computers is cheating oh i yeah. see <laughs> oh how times have changed yeah Da 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> cheating. Uh, uh, don't you mean extinct? Yeah, actually, no. that. Well, I mean, the, yeah. Fo- people w- people thought like uh, special effects should be photoreal. You know, it should be practical. Mm-hmm. It should be in the world. And Jurassic uh, uh, Park was so well. Jurassic Park was significant in that sense because it used computers to make somewhat photoreal things. And yeah, I mean, I can see how they could feel this way about it at the time. I can put myself there. Right. I wonder if Wayne Zelensky works in the same company here because <laughs> everyone just seems to be getting zapped you- by crazy shit. The gun looks exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just my memory, but what what I love it here always felt exactly the same. Yeah, to me. It's, nowadays it's like uh, the the you know the movie industry seems to have these crazy ideas about what computers can do. It feels like in the eighties it was lasers. Oh, lasers can <laughs> yeah, lasers can do your, fucking anything. They'll and hack it, your brain and totally well, turn you into in comics. It's radiation. Yeah. Well, radiation yeah. can do anything. Well, people. The, the president. I, it goes was, back. The president at the time was saying, "Whoa, just put lasers in orbit, and that'll shoot all the missiles right. out of the sky." Well, I mean, it also goes back to like you know broadcast power. People realize, oh, you can actually transmit things through lasers. So therefore, you know. Uh, with that said, one thing I think is kind of like sort of wish fulfillment that taps into that, and we're on to another sequence. But right there, those those are basically our male and female lead. And they're really schlubby in the real life. Like, he's wearing, like, a blazer and a ruffled shirt and all this other crap. And she's got glasses and unkempt hair. Is he the but lead when, or is Flynn the lead? Well, I mean, it, it goes he's back. He's Tron. He's his, Tron. His, his program is Tron. program is Tron. So, when, but in, in the game in grid. Fact, the, but the in, whole, the, but the, in the mythology of Tron in the movie, who is the the protagonist that's doing its journey? Tron is, is Tron. It's, well, it's, it's both Flynn and Tron, yeah, I think. It's almost like okay, so, so he's not the lead, and she isn't or, even the helper. I would even say, no, I would even, no. There's because two the, leads. No, because the. I would the, say so. I mean, yeah. well, when you're dealing a, with electronics, you need two leads. It's a butch and Sundance thing in a lot of ways. That just happened. Hey, I make no guys. I think we're gonna make it. (laughs) I think we'll get through this. So, but the point is, is that they they look they look uh, very schlubby. But once they get in the game grid, he's like a fucking he's like a serious badass, and she's crazy hot in her like techno swimsuit. Yeah, in the uh, chat, vape vape says Flynn, Luke, Tron, Han. Okay, Mm, Uh, I I would actually flip that if if that's how you sleep at night. Then sure, yeah. (laughs) If that's Um, that's what gets you through the day, then go ahead. Yeah, because um, I. Tron definitely has his own. The whole thing, the whole thing with Tron, and again, we we uh, uh, we missed it because there's no subtitles. But um, he called uh, uh, our bad guy called uh, Alan into his office, basically going, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm writing this program, Tron, that will basically uh, respond to kind of the fears yeah. that you were talking yeah. about. Uh, it, it'll monitor any communication between the master control program and going outside the network. Cyber and, hacking. Yeah, and the master control program is like, uh, 
that's not cool. We need to get rid of that. Um, and so that's basically um, that. That's basically the the trouble that Tron is in once we get into the. Uh, which is why, which is why, world. from the time Flint gets digitized and absorbed into the game grid to the time he's spat back out, it's literally been about five minutes that have passed. Uh-huh. Uh, but in that time, that was all the time the computer world needed. But what feels like a minute to us is like, you know, several days to them. It's like Constantine <laughs> Hell. Yeah, it's kind of like Constantine or that other movie that had, uh, you know, time. Well, yeah, because, uh, you know, computers calculate and do everything so much faster than we do, so it would make sense that yeah, that's, you know. Totally. Now, I uh, I have a bit of a soft spot for this, and this is one of my great regrets in life. Uh, not this last Comic-Con, but the Comic-Con before that, 2009. They had Flynn's Arcade? Well, they, they basically put us on, they, we knew that there was going to be a Tron-themed scavenger hunt, and uh, I started it. And Sponsored by the convention? Sponsored by the makers of the movie, but it was in and around the convention center at right. night. And uh, it was me and my friend Damien, who my, he's one of my oldest friends, and we have a mutual love of Tron. We, he, we went to go see the re-release, you know, years ago. And um, so basically, they're like he, him and his girlfriend, like, yeah, we're gonna do the uh, the scavenger hunt. I'm like, you know, I'll start it with you guys, but I really, really just want to drink. And mm-hmm. uh, so I started, but I'm like, you know what? My favorite Irish pub is right up the street. I'm just gonna go. So the thing is, they go and continue with the scavenger hunt, and it leads straight to Flynn's Arcade, and they totally recreated it. They had antique video games in there, plus they had an- video game stand-ups of Space Paranoids, the original Tron game. All the games that were that, that Kevin Flynn designed were in there. And then, so you go in, and everything was free play. You go in, you start playing, and about half an hour after that, the back wall opened up, and they had a brand new light cycle from the new game, or from the new movie, and a bunch of production art that you go around and look at, and it was... It was oh, and, and boy. You missed it? You missed, missed it all. It. I I got spectacularly drunk that night, but I was. I didn't I was know he was going to hit a home run. Right now, uh, so here's yeah. This is basically <laughs> right. Hey, I got it. I got it. It took a second, but I got it. Nice one. This is a uh, panel. Got it in the chat. And I love I love this that like even when this is kind of a cool thing about Kevin's thing. He even though he should be miserable when we see him playing the game down there, he's actually just really happy. And even when he's talking about how his fortunes were taken away from him, he's essentially yeah, playing Coleco football. To yeah, explain. Yeah, what's this is going our on. this is our big expo dump right here. But even in these moments, yeah. and I give Bridges credit, he's got sort of like an ADD quality to him, and he's got he's always shifty and kind of fidgety. And even when he's talking about this, he was just playing like. ColecoVision football, like the handheld, and which which I fuck had. those games. I had one of those. Where, there yeah, was no way to win. The players were the players were little dots, and yeah. you had to like move them up and down. I love that thing, man. That was that was good stuff. But fuck um, that game. I remember that game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mick Foley, the professional wrestler, in his autobiography has a great anecdote about how he was like a teenager when he had ColecoVision tech or ColecoVision football and he was going to go into his room to jerk off. And so he got naked, but then he saw the ColecoVision. So he, he, he got totally distracted. He started playing it, but he was <laughs> butt naked. And then his mom walked into the room and thinks she has the weirdest son in the world who plays handheld football completely naked. Yeah. Um, who doesn't? I know. <laughs> if that's weird, I don't want to be normal. The only way for that to be weirder is to do that exact thing today. Yeah. Why are you playing yeah. a 25 year old handheld game? Why are you playing Nintendo Game and Watch uh, of Donkey Kong while you're, you know, naked and, and covered in Crisco? Um, does this movie? <clears throat> I, I said it does, but now I'm thinking maybe it doesn't. But I, mm, does this movie line up against Monomyth? Is there like a call to action and then refusal and all that stuff? There's no. Ref- there, there's certainly an underworld. There's no refusal to call. He lands. In yeah. The, well, I mean, is there, I, is there even a call to action? I don't know if there uh, is. Sort of. To yeah. in the extent I and I think it's about to happen right now because she's uh, he's been locked out. Uh, but the, both of the guys have been locked out, and then she basically goes, "Hey, I've still got a computer, and I've still got access. To I've it. got access you level know? six or whatever. You should, oh, yeah, you yeah. should come. Uh, you should come log in there and see if you come can come over uh, to my vault, yeah. baby. <laughs> Sit in come front over of my, to my, my laser. Front of my laser. <laughs> <laughs> have you been see to my, how that goes for you? Have you been to my laser bay? It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty uh, cool. 
That's my laser over there. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we these, can go these, touch it later. If these you like. are our action movie leads. You yeah. know, these are like that's what I love about this. These guys are it's it's the total Superman thing. It's, it's the schlubby you know computer nerds who become sort of it's it's wish fulfillment for every nerd. It's yes, like, yes. I can I can become a, a a disc gladiator in like the cyber field, even though in real life I'm like you know this kind of stringy arm sunken chest dude. Yeah, <laughs> there's you know. there's actually um a very um a very good trailer did you guys see it the the trailer that the new trailer made. yeah they, they uh, took after, tron and made it look new after the after the tron legacy trailer okay. came out um they took footage from the from the original here and they basically cut it together they're right. like all right if this came out today this is the trailer that they would make from it right totally nailed um, it and it was awesome. I was like, <laughs> and it was after we had done this, uh, it makes d- me done the original Tron. one. And I was like, I want to go watch Tron now. <laughs> well, I, I give, I give, credit. Like, no, no, bad thoughts. Ah. I give credit to the new director um, <laughs> for for a couple of things for the, of the director for the new movie. A lot of the there's some really great aerial shots in this in this movie. Uh, we saw one already, but towards the end that that sunrise, you know, sort of aerial shot over the Incom building. That's actually a really cool one. I think um, that's the same door from War Games. But yeah, but um, th- this actually like has some pretty decent cinematography in it for when we're in the live action stuff. You know, like like right there. Like I mean, you know, we we start tight on the on the van headlight, and then we're on a jib. We're just on a jib for some reason. Sure, this you know? isn't it's, a badly it's, this it's isn't on, a badly made movie. Yeah, no, stretch, it's it's it's, it's not horrible to look at even in the live action sequences. And the the director of the new movie, I forget his name, but one thing I really Joseph kind of, something something with a K. He's really it's cool. Not guy. Joseph Kahn. Here, no, no he's, he's new. It's, Joseph. Kissburger. He's a new. Uh, he, he's a new director. He, he, was, he, was, a, a he was a before. commercial director who directed yeah. uh, the the Halo uh, short series. Oh, oh. yeah. But I he, thought that was Neil Blomkamp. That no, he did a co- he did he did stuff. a series, but I think it's he, a different thing. Oh, okay, it's okay. a different thing. He also did a Gears of War campaign ad campaign that was actually really good. The Mad World campaign for Gears of War that was actually like really kind of interesting yeah um but he in the new movie you kind of see the guy knew he was going to be shooting 3d and shot from 3d from the start and therefore he designed a lot of his shots to have a lot of depth and scope and there's a lot there's like that shot in the trailer of the new one with kevin flynn on the motorcycle and it you know it starts top down looking and then it follows him and you see him right off into the distance and that shot is mirrored in the game grid on the light cycle when he's driving to meet his father in the game mm-hmm. grid there's a lot of really interesting uh oh, yeah there's you know, a lot of or he's he, there's uh, the shot not even and there there's the one where there, there's definitely a lot of mirroring that yeah he, which that, we should the wait aerial shot we of it. the building well there's yeah. the you know he him walking down the aisle of of uh uh, of the arcade and then yeah. there's from the top and panning with him and then there's another one as he's yep. walking into the the arena or whatever but uh joseph kaczynski yeah joe kaczynski his name. he I, I heard him speak at comic-con this year at the tron panel which was really really cool uh jeff bridges by the way really happy he was you could tell he was really happy to do this again uh, well yeah i mean he's one of the few actors that has two cult hits yeah lebowski in this and that's funny you mention that because at lebowski con they do have it uh, the most yeah, I know. Adam Bertacci <laughs> shows up there sometimes. Well, yeah, at, at, at LebowskiCon, uh, not this year, but maybe the year before, they had a live satellite feed with the dude. And it was Jeff Bridges with his hair grown oh, out. Oh, did he do it? Well, he had his hair grown out for, for Tron Legacy, but he wore the dude's outfit over it uh-huh. and then the Tron helmet. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. I know. So it's like... You I can, want to be friends with... with I know, I know. Seriously. He, uh, that's a little... That's a little... Mark, markety. But I know I, it doesn't. Co- it didn't come across that way. It came across if it was a, if it came up as a joke, I, that would work for me. Like, and here he is, boom, and he had the Tron. No, that, and that's like, and ah. that's why he was okay. wearing Lebowski and Tron. But so, so yeah. did he do it in character? He was in uh, the dude character. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, again, kind of, um, we're we're getting the stakes here. The MCP has basically just he is. J- 
what tragic a, fashion, by the way. That is that is just yeah. a collision of tragic nightmare <laughs> as, uh, as, of, of, of fashion. As opposed to like in Terminator and stuff where we don't find out about it until, until it's too late. The MCP has basically just declared that it's this close to, to taking to over. To world domination. Yeah, it's, and it's going to say later on, yeah, I may start a nuclear war. Why the fuck not? I'm, what are you going to do about it? It's like, like it, I can do this better than humans because can. Because there would be EMP yeah. everywhere, yeah. and you would disable you would yourself. Well, that's, I mean, some of the internal logic of this movie is, how do you say, not there at all. Yeah. Uh, but and, but and I love this, by the way. I, I love these giant mainframes that now is, I the mean, tape machines. The, the laptop we record down in front on is more powerful than this entire room yeah. at this point. Uh, I, it's weird. I, you know, my grandmother uh, worked on a microchip assembly line in the in the seventies, and um, were they like the size of cars? Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, like microchip, no, the microchips. No, she had to like she had to like manually feed. I mean, yeah, they were like plates, and she she had to like fasten. She worked on assembly line. So did my aunt. My mom worked in uh, Forbidden uh, Planet. Little right? yeah. computers a lot. No, not Quartu Barada Niktu. Is that yeah. Forbidden Planet? No, 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 no. David Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It could have been both, but that's what I meant to say. No, 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 no. That's Avatar. My brain, my brain. No, no, Army of Darkness. But yeah, and uh, yeah. So here's here's where. Oh, not only am I the most powerful computer, I'm also evil. I'm also if I had a digital mustache to twirl, I would. You know? End of line. Yeah. Um, Man. End of line. And yeah, David Warner with the Frankenstein complex here, because um, he created the MCP. I think this story no, could work. The old guy created MCP, and then Warner corrupted it or something yeah. like that. We'll and then and then the MCP's like. It's basically warning him, like, oh, give me a couple more days, I'll be smart enough to take over this whole bitch. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, I know, and that's and you could draw what you can do though. You could draw a straight line from that from this to Terminator. You could draw a straight yeah. line from like, wow, we created these amazing computers that are growing faster than anything we've ever created in history of anything. Yeah. Although the the How computer until, the computer know. is making itself smarter, so actually this is an '80s version of we've of the MCP has reached the singularity, basically. Right. It's, it's, or or when Willow became Dark Willow on Buffy. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> She can just she can just suck the letters out of a book, and she's like ten times more powerful. So, yeah, it really is. It's that sense of once when you first discover a new field or whatever, you you think, oh well, here's the logical conclusion of that field. It'll be about thirty minutes before we get there, and then it actually is like takes seventy years. Yeah, well, speaking of that, and sort of a weird parallel to this movie is uh, Disclosure with uh, Michael Douglas and um, the Michael Crichton book. Yeah, because and even in the Michael Crichton book, that that's t- the that's the that's the book where the sexual they, harassment book. Yes. Well, yeah, no, no. But there's harassment. also the scene where they virtual they've made a virtual well, file cabinet, and you walk over to the virtual file cabinet and open the virtual file cabinet, and, and you look through open, the virtual file. Well, and you could access files all over all over the company's division around the world. That was the idea. I just it. like that idea. You we we've made this digital technology wherein you have to walk to the file cabinet and open it. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw the movie in the theater on a date, which was awkward. Jesus uh, Christ, Eddie. I know. Uh, I'm old, dude. Uh, but like, well, no, not, no, 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 not that. That you took her to disclose. She, it was what'd idea. you think would was, you press charges uh, yeah it, it didn't it didn't exactly make for it didn't exactly make for great like you know uh chatter afterwards but the point is is that at, like two-thirds of that movie when michael douglas breaks into the virtual reality space i'm like wow this suddenly became tron like this just suddenly all of a sudden became he had to put himself into the virtual world and we felt that way about virtual reality in the early 90s like everybody thought the future of gaming was virtual oh, yeah. reality. Yeah. the future oh, yeah. of porn was virtual reality we're gonna the, hey, hey, hey wait span, that's gonna play out spandex with a you know a dong port is gonna like somehow replace all of porn like well that's you know. avatar <laughs> all of this stuff is on its way man no to, to be fair the Japanese are working on it. Uh, oh yeah, they've been working on it since 1993. Like and that, they're I mean, getting closer. But uh, <laughs> did you know the Japanese invented a robot to carry old people to their beds? I don't they're, know. They've why invented. They invented a, ro- a terrifying. They idea. invented a robot called Rescue Dragon. That's two jaws of life on tank treads. 
uh, that's meant to wow. that's meant to rescue people from burning cars. That will end well. Yeah, exactly. The, okay, and here we go. This is the big. He's being digitized, and this is the moment. Even at like six years old or five years old, I'm like, okay, I call BS. This is really this is a bit silly. Like even like this. I believe he's a little more complex than that. Yeah, I, I think he's. I, I think you need at least I don't know two laser. I don't know. Yeah. Like that that should it take did some split time. into two. I will yeah, say. Yeah, he yeah he had a he had a refractor there to so. uh, to break the beam. But this I loved. I, uh, I I I will say it's it's funny that it, <laughs> the movie. Oh, oh, Tetris. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, oh, equals MC squared, you know, stopwatch spinning, yeah. uh, you know. It, it is interesting that the, the film actually never bothers to um, to get into the existential nature of... Right. Uh, it just it, digitized it, my consciousness. Right, right. Yeah. How does that work? I know. Am it's, I the same person? Did it duplicate me yeah. or did it kill me and then... Yeah, re- yeah, yeah. Am I, can, can I now I be reconstructed back? outside? Yeah. Well, they have he never questions. He's like, "Oh yeah, if I get to well, the other side, be, I'll just now." When I, to be fair, they they they, they do establish that with the with the orange earlier on. They they break down, they digitize the orange, and then break it down, and then put it back out. So I why mean, would you put an orange you know, in the computer? Who in the computer will enjoy it? Uh, I don't. I, well, <laughs> it's such a succulent fruit. I, if you look at the Tron, if you look at the people in Game Grid, they're very dark skinned which leads me to believe they have a vitamin C deficiency. So I think they could really use an orange at this point. Yeah, but one um, of them is yellow, which means that he's in liver failure. You can kind of tell, like, also, and this is going to sound really weird, but part of the reason why I always felt like. Uh, Flynn here wasn't the main protagonist is because Tron has an infinitely cooler design on his mm-hmm. suit to him. Uh, now, seriously, the, the guys with the half tunic, like like Flynn here and, and the accounting program, they just don't look as, I don't know, they don't look as tough. It's just sort of like, just sort of odd. <laughs> look at that fucking guy. <laughs> now, if you're a day player and you have to wear this shit and you're like, yeah. are you serious? Like, this movie's going to suck so hard. And then they zap him just like uh, Jar Jar Binks. It would have been yeah. really Someone. funny if Alec Guinness was in this movie, Classics. too, and he was just like, I yeah. hate this. I'm hate so this sick uh, of this. Hollywood sucks. Hmm. Hollywood has officially stopped making sense. I think sense. we're about to get our Pac-Man. That, that actually, I remember... Um, Oh, no, we're not. Uh, I remember hearing a, a story where that that happened uh, with Liam Neeson actually, and it for, was for it was fairly Wars, recently. Uh, Hollywood sucking, but uh, yeah, well, basically, um, I think it was right after Phantom Menace or something. But there was a story. Someone someone was talking to him, and he just at one point was like, "I think I might quit." He's like, "What really?" Is <laughs> like, "I just don't understand anymore. <laughs> you know, so just just stop making sense to me." Right? <laughs> because he just spent a whole. It's just it's all blue, and and there, it's not even a person talking to you, and it just I <laughs> I can't even do this. Well, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. And this, this he didn't is, obviously, but this is a, he this, he panicked. <laughs> <laughs> if I just made Phantom Master, yeah. it, it kind of goes without saying. Like, I mean, even if you do like a uh, just a straight movie with no effects where everything's practical, I mean, a lot of times a lot a lot of times you'll hear actors say like. Yeah, I took the script and I performed it, and then when the movie came out, it was very different than what I expected, uh, because you know they do so many takes of things, and and it really is sort of how the movie gets assembled in the edit. That really, I mean, you can kind of have hints that something's going to be really good, or wow, I did really good work here, or this guy did good work here, and this felt right. But you know, actors don't get to see the monitors usually; they don't get to see how it looks like in the finished perspective. So a lot of times, I mean, acting is a huge leap of faith, and and you have to really trust in all these people. And especially in movies like this, this is one of those first movies. It's not yeah. a, it's not a green screen, but it's like I really don't know what you're gonna do, so I have to wear this ridiculous getup, and I have to trust you that this is not gonna look completely yeah, stupid. Yeah, I, I I have a tremendous amount of respect, and I thought this also with uh, Bruce Boxleitner in um, Babylon Five as well. Yeah, because that both was cases. Pri- yeah, all bo- video toast. Yeah, in both cases, I watch it 
And and nowadays people have seen other movies. They're like, okay, this is gonna work. I'm not quite sure what it'll look like, but yeah, it'll yeah. be fine. Uh, There's but, enough institutional memory now. Yeah. You go, okay. But back then, you've got to imagine people like David Warner doing that whole scene just then. He's yeah, got to yeah. be like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've right. ever done. But I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it with a straight face, and we'll see. <laughs> an, an odd an odd parallel actually is uh, Caligula. And my check better fucking clear. <laughs> <laughs> an odd parallel is Caligula. Uh, you know, a lot of those actors, Malcolm. I mean, there's some actors in that movie, Malcolm McDowell. Like, uh, they all, you know, they all really put their faith in in Bobby Guccione that it would like have production design and be legit. All the porn and adult scenes were added in after the fact, and they show up on set, and it's just essentially a giant empty warehouse with backdrops, and and Guccione sold it on like it was wow that you know it's it's more stage like, and it's and they really had to take a huge leap of faith. Peter O'Toole refused to even go to the premiere once he saw what was actually happening. So look you- at the beautiful matte line on the shadow there. In the <laughs> chat, uh, Chris points out uh, the problem here is that it's an escape movie with no tension. There's zero tension at any point from here on out. I disagree. I disagree with that. There, there's some tension. There's there's actually, I think the most affecting scene in all of this is when uh, Kevin uh, uh, Flynn and uh, the accountant have to play uh, Death Highlight uh, on the Finish game. Finish the game. Yeah, that that actually kind of scared me as a kid. Like that actually, that was like I remember that was one of the yeah, first I, movies I, that, I, that I, gave I me that, well, that think, gave I, me like a moral dilemma. Like if someone's forcing me to kill somebody, what would I do? You know, that's that's that, to me. I felt like there was actually tension. I there. think a better way to put it is it's an escape movie without a ticking clock. Um, it's sort of a meandering escape it, movie. It's no, I mean, there's a chase. There's a chase element to the movie. They're being pursued. If, you know, if anything, the ticking clock, which is n- yeah, there's a chase element. If there's a ticking clock, it was set up in the MCP going, I am this uh, close to, to taking over the world. To nuclear war. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's not it's not well emphasized. And they It's never to, even really revisited yeah, and to, again. And to be fair, these characters don't even know that that's happening. Right. <laughs> but right. it is kind of a thing. Except Tron. Tron may know what's going on. Tron, Tron is programmed to be a spy, essentially. Yeah. Tron, Tron is programmed to be a warrior. Tron, he's, he's Tron is programmed to stop the MCP from doing what it's trying to do. And, and they destroy so. the MCP at the end yeah. of the movie. So, I mean, there, I, I would disagree that there's no tension. There certainly is tension. But I would I would argue that the tension, it's it's peaks and valleys. There's, like, divots of tension. We have to be reminded of tension from time to time. Yeah. After, the, after they first escape the game grid on the light cycles, there's just, like, a little bit of a sequence there where they find the magic pool of energy um that it's sort of like it's it kind of slows down to a fault there yeah that's that's when that's when we lost uh, yeah. our our way in the first <laughs> yeah. tron is the the energy pool we're like is this scene still happening yeah but um it's it's also worth pointing out uh you you said earlier you know the the timing with uh, all the great movies coming out and uh, there was this and blade runner and stuff yeah. like that but like like blade runner this these they're both movies that people go well you know it was great because the production design and the effects and blah 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 the story i couldn't tell you what it was with a gun to my head but the production design this, <laughs> you know and it's worth pointing out that both this and blade runner had sid mead going for yes it. so and you can't you can't underestimate the um Really, I, I'll say it. The brilliance of Sid Mead. Sid Mead has actually yeah. had his his fingers on a lot of different things that you wouldn't even necessarily understand. But Sid Mead actually did a lot of art design for some of the early Gundam stuff, mm. uh, the anime series, which has. If you look at the stuff that wasn't Sid Mead design and the stuff that was, you're like, okay, I can see that influence there. But um, yeah, there was. I and guess it also had uh, Mobius, Jean uh, Gerard Mobius, Jean-Gerard, who, who, who actually who also did Fifth Element, who uh, who was an artist on a uh, Silver Surfer for in Fantastic Four mm-hmm. for a little bit. He actually just did a signing down at Meltdown Comics uh, recently here in Hollywood. 
Um, the, I guess the point is with that stuff is that you had a lot of this time we had a, a huge um, uh, advance, like a really rapid series of advancements in technology around this time, like leading from the late seventies, leading into here, things like computing and things like energy and, you know, nuclear energy, things like that. And it really felt like we were sort of on the dawning of a new age, like with NASA. We had just finished the Apollo section. We were transitioning. Fair enough. But that's where that came from. Yeah, it really did. It felt like we were coming out of – it's like, okay, we we sorted our cultural issues. We're all sort of pointed in the direction of – What's now? Let's take advantage of all this this stuff that we've recently learned. We're post racial guys. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. If, well, well if no, what's referred to in Star Trek Six as the end of history. I mean, that's one of the yeah. themes of Undiscovered Country is everybody's afraid that all of this conflict is now done. Right. And you know, oh, the Cold War is over. So or or coming to an end. I mean, or coming I, to an, at, at this point. Uh, in '82, the relations between us and the Soviet Union were actually uh, not not great. They, yeah, but I was gonna say because over, I mean, I grew up, I grew up in the shadow of like the end of the Cold War, which is also what Watchmen was sort of born out of. And it yeah. was there was a distinct feeling of like, wow, everything's wonderful, and it could all be over like that. And yeah. and um and so while we weren't necessarily building bomb shelters anymore, and you know there was no necessarily Bay of Pigs, it was still sort of like. We we felt like it was either going to end for good or end for bad at that particular time, right? And um and so I think you know there was a a period like in this early eighties uh, phase and and embodied hey, look, traditional animation. I know, <laughs> and and uh you know and that sort of took advantage of like creating these ideas of what the future was and what the future was going to be. It was like an original take. It was sort of similar to like what happened in the fifties with sci-fi of uh you know the idea of you know, we we're actually sending things into space. Is that Peter Jurassic? I'm, Speaking of Babylon Five, oh, uh, you know he does look. Oh, I, feel I think like you're right. I think you're right. I'll, yeah, let me. I'll check. Yeah, I love Peter Jurassic. You continue by the talking. Way. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think you're right. I, I think the um, I, I think movies like this were very speculative about. Hey, let's you know the old ideas of what the future is going to be are not there. We're not going to have bubble ships. We're not going to have the Jetsons. It is Peter Jurassic. Okay, oh, yeah. and it's 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 a new idea of what it is. Now this sequence, I really really love. This was like fun. This is like holy crap! I want to do this, and that what makes what happens at the end of this even I, I think actually like the most legitimately emotion you know sort yeah. of emotionally resting scene in this movie. Well, I, that's definitely because I don't think Flynn understands the stakes right now. Yeah, this Flynn is what is yeah. playing. Flynn, Finn, but it's a great demonstration of what the stakes are yeah. when he doesn't realize it. And, yeah. and Flynn and I, is sort of being our advocate for like, oh, this is fun, this is cool, and then when that happens, like we we follow Flynn here as the character. Yeah, in that sense, Flynn is sort of the main character, but the guy we. I mean, but who is the main battle between? The main battle between is between Tron and and uh, David Warner. I I, I will say cat. I'm I'm very uh, impressed by how successfully they managed to you know he's he's hopping over the the gaps and everything yeah. as he uh, as he performs and he, it's it's matching very well. Well, so. they might have had you know lines I'm sure they would have yeah. Sure yeah, yeah, yeah. There's good the effects. The, the effect, seriously though, the effects. Oh my god. Here's but, how. Here, uh, my, did, does anyone remember that show on Nickelodeon where probably at the, at the uh, <laughs> well, it was like a video game show, and at the end, it, the, it was played by kids, and at the end, they would go into Legend a of the video Hidden game. Temple. No, no. Oh. At the end, they were going. To, it was like right before Legend of the Hidden Temple. It was in the same program. You're talking block. about, yeah, yeah. But they, they go into a video stuff. game, uh, Nick Arcade. That Nick was Arcade. what it was called. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, they had to do stuff, but they didn't quite. You know, they they weren't. 
it was about the sophistication of like the news the news guy pointing yeah. at the weather and they had but they had to like tap things and they were watching the screen and trying to be like oh no that's my left yeah. right hand yeah. and they're jumping around and you watch <laughs> it and you're totally like I would not be that retarded if I did it but uh, you look back at it later and you're like oh I totally would because yeah. they, they can't quite do it and it a lot of times they're totally hitting it and it's not registering and it's it was but it was still awesome I wanted yeah. to play alright <laughs> but anyway that's what that scene reminded me I feel of. like I feel like when people remember how awesome in this movie they're remembering very specifically that scene the and and the uh the the light cycle scene mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's the actual competitions that people feel like the whole movie is structured around right which actually play a very small part at least for right. me personally well that's that's what people that you know and i people think remember the light cycles and they remember that circle game i, th- I think that's true and that's quite uh clear when you when you see that that's how they're selling Tron Legacy. Yeah. They're like, look what the light cycles are now. Yeah. Look what the the Frisbee is now, yeah. you know? And, and uh, this that is... was the selling point behind the game that came out several yeah. years ago. This is what I call kind of a daydream movie in the sense that it has these really iconic moments that are so cool and melt your mind so good. And uh, that when a, a slow part happens, as a child, your mind starts daydreaming and fantasizing about what you would do with mm. those cool things. And then by the time you're done with that, a new cool thing is about to happen. So you fill in the gaps of the of the narrative deficit uh, with, with how, like, when light cycles happen, who didn't shit their pants when they first saw these light cycles? And, and, and like, and not only that, but, like, how they're, they're sort of team-based and how they sort of, like, work together to, to break shit off. Like, I mean, I have the light cycle app on my phone, and half the time, half, a good chunk of my day is spent playing light cycles. So, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it, it works for a reason. And, um, hear that, Eddie's boss? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? No, uh, all, all the time when I'm home. It's okay. Eisner uh, will hire you now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know, seriously. Uh, but the, Hey, you know, Phil. Hey, it's, it's Phil. What are you doing? Phil I'm, the, I'm, the red, I'm the red cycle guy. <laughs> oh, I'm the green cycle guy. This as far as a, like, this would be as a as really like, difficult game to play. As far as tension goes, like, oh, yeah. I mean, with all these tight angles, there's a POV shot uh, coming up. Like, right, not that one, but the one where it's POV and they're just like cycling through walls that have already been built. Um, and that fissure is in the new movie, by the way. That fissure, They still use that same fissure to nice. escape. Uh, but. The uh, and in the demo reel that they showed at Comic Con, that bit, yeah, this one right here, like they they come they go back to that shot again. That, like, to me, that's that's totally worse for tension, that totally works for raising stakes and, and things like that, especially how they defeat this last guy. Yeah, here we go. Handel like, says that, it, that's it, crazy. Like, that's Handel says his point was that there's no tension after the escape, and it's an escape movie without tension. Uh, you know, I, and I, we have the game. Like, I think you're right. I think, I think you're actually both right. Yeah, uh, I, because when there are moments, there are moments, right? But the in between yeah. is really de- yeah. devoid. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the fact that people remember it as a gladiator movie when it's really only two brief scenes that are actually gladiatorial. Yeah, a, cu- a couple more than that. There's a couple of random combat scenes. Right. And the rest yeah. of it is chase and escape with like periods of uh, with lulls. This is in master between. and yeah. commander in the computer. It's what it is. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm fine with that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about the effects process because yes. holy, because holy I shit, will, I will lean back now. Here's here's what's going on, and try to wrap your mind around how long this would take. Blue screen. They film no, no blue screen. No blue screen? No blue screen. You they positive? Shot, yes. They made a... I read the... I read the... Uh, um, what's it? The... Cinefix? Cinefix. Um, and they even made the point. They were like, can you imagine how long it would have taken if we had done this in opticals? So... In any case, they separate yeah. the people from the background. Uh, they are... Let's see. White suits with black stripes. They invert it. I, they, didn't, I didn't read that either. I'm not sure where you're getting that. I'm not sure that's true. Pictures. Okay. Pictures from the set. They okay. have white suits with black stripes on them. And um, what they're doing is inverting the image, but then cutting out the original footage of their face so it retains its integrity. There's Pac-Man. 
Oh, yeah, there's Pac-Man. Cutting out their face so that that remains its original non-inverted self pattern. uh, Color pattern, gray gray and black. Then they use the lines... They shot in in black and white. All of this was shot black and white and colorized. Then they use the lines to generate a mat which was most of the time how they would do the lines on their suits. Their, their rotoscope sometimes, but some of the time you can actually see the, the glowiness of the lines on their suits fading in shadow and stuff like that. Or when they turn from the camera, you can kind of see them diminish in a way that it, 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 is a, it is a chemical process that's happening. Then they put together a shit ton of matte paintings where all the walls are, you know, this, that, and the other thing. All that shit. Then they added all the other little bits and bobs of shit that's going on for most of the shots in the movie that aren't either real world or all CG like these, all the CG shots, they had no way of double checking their work. So they just had to animate it and hope for the fucking yeah, best. They, they basically had no UI. They basically just, it was code. It was, it was all code it was coordinates. Yeah. They basically, and, and which quite frankly, considering some of the dynamic shots that they're getting, uh, in, you know, with the camera moving and, and even, even just earlier, a, a minute or two ago with the, the light cycles, the way it was banking around turns and stuff like that and going really quickly. That's a kind of that's a kind secondary of secondary animation is tricky. They yeah, did a good job. Secondary animation is tricky. That's a kind of animation uh um that that that's that speaks to a level of understanding of animation that they were doing that functionally without even seeing what they were doing. Because well, nowadays know. a lot of people who are quote unquote animating don't even don't even do that. They're staring right at it, you know, and they right. and they don't well, even think you know, to do that. If you do it long enough, eventually you don't even see the code anymore. You just yeah. see a, a red light cycle or or gold light cycle. I was I was really sad that they never got their light cycles back after this. So I got they, it. They Brian, just like surrender I, their light cycles. No, and but no. Like, By the way, like no curve editor, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Imagine yeah, no. <laughs> if you're a three D animator. Imagine doing that. Uh, it, it, what they're doing is. Basically, FK animation of hard body objects that they can't see. That's that's the animator team of Tron they've, going suck my dick. And they've got very few shots at it too. It had a, a fixed release date. Uh, they didn't want to, you know, Disney was not going to let them go very far over budget. I don't think they even went over budget. Actually, they managed it. Well, I think the budget changed a few times because they were like, <laughs> "What do you want? We didn't know. We still don't know what we're doing. We're trying to figure this out, and it's going to cost this much to do it." But I'll say, I'll say the the effects look. I mean, as a, as a, a total yellow belt on effects, like I, I think the. Um, the effects look consistent all the way throughout. A lot of times yeah. when you get rush jobs and a lot of times when you get uh, you know, a fast post schedule or an under-budgeted, some shots get more love than others. Even King Kong. I remember there was one really wonky animation in King Kong with his, King Kong with his arm. Uh, he's jerking off and they didn't want to finish it. No, he, like when he when he captures what's-her-name and takes her up to the cliff, like his right arm just goes, nah, nah, nah. it like has this weird banana spasm. Um, <laughs> but it, but this, all there's not one shot, there's not one shot throughout this entire movie where you're like, oh, well, they clearly ran out of money on that. Yeah. Everything's pretty consistent all the way throughout, which I, I kind of prefer. I'd almost prefer that the effects be maybe not 100% clean as long as they're consistent versus a couple, you know, yeah, knock your socks off. because when the consistency is off, that's when it's distracting. Yeah, exactly. You can exactly. calibrate and go, okay, this is the ride I'm in for. I don't, I don't mind living in. I don't in... have to think about it anymore. By the way, all the time we're talking, animators are still doing frame-by-frame frame shit. Yes, th- I mean, that, and that's what you can say, like, no matter what well, you say. What, that's what I was saying earlier. This is like, you know. It's, this it's, is, okay, this is I'm sorry, dude. That's that's that's, that's it, spectacularly homoerotic right there. Like, yeah. he's just crawling around, what do you see, guys? Like, yeah. he's just, it's just, like, spectacularly, like, it's yeah, just his whole performance weird. is a little. Is a little, yeah. It's a little. A little it's a little wonky. There's it's a lot a, of Bible allegories here. Well, yeah. I mean, religion is a huge factor. Well, not only homeboy's, in this, but in homeboy's the Moses. I think Chris Handel pointed that out. Well, yeah. They're, He's I trying mean, to free the slaves. 
Well, no, and that's why that's why the South Park episode when they go to Jew camp and they pray to Moses, Moses appears. As he the is MCP, the master control program, and yeah. he demands macaroni art. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but the th- yeah, there's. I mean, religion is actually huge. The original creator of Tron, I forget his name. He really wanted to talk about how technology was becoming like a new religion and how you know technology is just as much. Uh, a factor in in our faith these days. We have so much faith in in these artifices that we're. Creating. I really hope. I doubt. I have uh, marked me down as the guy who thinks it's not going to happen, and then I'll be proven wrong later. I really hope they do well with the script for Tron Two. I, I our, our legacy. Yeah. I, I don't I, think I, they I will. I mean, I, I've heard nothing but bad things from people that have seen it, from really? people that have worked on it. Oh. But I, the, the, I really want it to be good because it's a cool world and there's cool themes to deal with. Yeah, it's right. not going to be good. I but whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, see, see it His only. You should hurt. you should see it only to hear uh, my performance in it. Actually, because are, like, you, are I, you in it? Uh, my voice is one of eight thousand people in Hall H of Comic Con who makes up the Game Grid audience. Oh, tell that story. That's yeah. cool. Uh, we're at Comic Con because we've reached the point where the movie's. Just yeah, this do is. This. Yeah, we're doing you a favor, folks. I could talk yeah, about. Seriously, uh, this happens for like five minutes, and we. So, I, so I can talk about I can talk about my first dog, uh, yeah. and it'd be more interesting than this. No, the uh, uh, Comic Con this year, the Tron trailer uh, or Tron uh, panel, I should say, they came out. Firstly, they had everybody: Olivia Wilde, Garrett Helgeland. Uh, Olivia uh, Wilde is my babe. Yes, uh, um, my God. You know Jeff Bridges. The Tron and, cycles. You lied to us, Eddie. Oh, I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, but they but they never come back to it though. Like they, there are plenty of other times in this movie where they could really fucking use a light cycle, <laughs> and and they just they, they don't like they don't even bother. There are plenty of times in my life I could really fucking use a Tron cycle. I I'm with you on that. There I could use one right now. I just put it around your living room for a while. Um, but uh, making a big wall uh but no at comic-con this year uh, (laughs) eddie i can't get to the kitchen seriously i need to pee Um, i'm not gonna wait five minutes for this thing to dissipate (laughs) right uh comic-con this year we went to the tron panel and everyone was there and if if you don't know the history of how the new movie came to be about three years ago um they did the disney uh they did the disney uh just a generic disney panel where they were talking about pirates and a few other things and they said, we actually have some test footage that we want to surprise you folks with. And it was all CG. Yeah, yeah, and at yeah. first, people didn't know what it was. But then they saw the light cycle. Like, oh, that's, my God. That's the first super duper teaser fake footage trailer. Fake footage. It where was the a- guy, like, you see him go over the screen. Right. And the camera rotates as the right. light cycles are forming. And then you see all this stuff. And then it cuts away to a Kevin to Kevin Flint, Jeff Bridges, who actually agreed to do it for no pay. To, uh, to appear in the effects as for no pay whatsoever with a disc on his back, but in human form, not, you know, not a program. He walks over and he overlooks the young clue, essentially killing another light cycle writer. No one had been cast. It was just an effects test. And because the audience at Comic-Con went absolutely batshit for it and because that's uploads, pretty wily of them because you could do fucking anything at comic-con and get the audience and then you take it back to the execs and they're but, like the guys at comic-con went ape shit well it wasn't just that it was the fact that that video the, that's how scott pilgrim got made yeah exactly it, it's also the fact that like people had taken cell phone videos and flip videos and uploaded them to youtube and every single one of these horrible shaky cam bootlegs got like a hundred thousand had a hundred thousand each and the demand was so strong for it that at comic-con the the panel this year for tron legacy uh uh joseph Kaczynski. 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 Kaczynski said, Ted's uh, brother. It sounds like it sounds too simple. It it sounds right. like it should be a more complicated right. name. But. I just I just had this image of an entire hall at Comic Con of people just going chugging their shoulders and going, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which has happened, by the way, which absolutely As, has I can't, yeah. I can't that, visualize no, I, I've it. I've been a part of that. That's, that happened yeah. uh, That happened this last year at the Resident Evil panel. Uh, they seem, they <laughs> yeah. seem to have, they, they, they showed a bunch of, uh, they showed a bunch of footage and everyone was like, Eh? Well, yeah, but, but they're up at front being like, "Yeah, it's awesome, right?" So. Yeah, who who waits in a line at like for seven hours? Like you have to do at Comic Con to go. Eh. Well, no, a lot of people for Tron had to go to the Mega Mind uh, 
uh, panel before that. Yeah, that's that. the thing. A lot yeah, of time, a lot of people yeah, yeah. get in three or four panels and, early and I'm actually, to get into the one. Right. That I actually, want. actually know because the guy. no one wants to be in that panel, so they can get in <laughs> then and go to, and wait for the other panel. I actually know the guy who, who was a co-writer of Megamind, so I was very happy about that. But most of the people in that answer were like, "We're waiting for Tron. We're waiting for Tron. We're waiting for Tron." Can we um, can we start calling him? What's his name? Joseph? Can we start calling Joseph Kaczynski the Unitroner? Why would we do so, that thing? That Ted Kaczynski. About? Oh, jeez. Oh, Okay. Anyway, go back to it. So you're yeah. in Hall H. So we're in Hall H. And I we, think that's a no. Just so killer. Unitron. And they, they show, we had this really awesome, interesting panel discussion with everybody on there and everybody saying really cool things. And then Joe Kaczynski shows eight minutes of footage, raw, and then shows, um, I mean, not raw, all the effects were finished, but just eight uninterrupted minutes. And then he shows the new trailer that's been airing lately. And then he says, okay, we really want to give something back to you guys. You guys' reaction three years ago is what allowed this whole thing to happen. So our friends over at Skywalker Sound went ahead and mic'd Hall H. And if you're unfamiliar with Comic-Con, Hall H is the largest single space to do panels at, and it seats roughly 8,000 people. And they said, uh, so we've mic'd Hall H. What we need is some voices for the audience and the game grid. So we need everybody to stand up. And all the monitors turned into like a bouncing ball, follow the script. And we just need you to chant and clap and do whatever it says. We had to shout things like D Rez, D Rez, and uh, Rinsler, who's one of the characters in the new movie. And uh, just a, a bunch of various things. And they would tell us, like, they would give us timing. We had a countdown. We had a, a, a two pop leading us into everything. And, uh, and yeah, it's cool. We about, I mean, we record a lot of stuff. And that's going to go under, you know, Daft Punk playing the music and the game grids and everything. So every crowd you hear is, you know, I'm one of those 8,000 voices. So I think I mentioned that in another commentary, but it's it's fitting here. And it's so. also cool. So it's so, fun. So, it's so, fun. So, so fuck off. So. so see it only for that. So now he's discovered in the in the movie uh, this Tron. Yeah. Uh, he's basically discovered that he's Neo. Essentially, he's, yeah. He's, he has he control. Can, just by thinking about it, he can kind of he's he's holding this whole thing together with his mind because he's not a he's not a program. He's a user. Yeah. And that's what they're realizing. Like, oh my goodness, you are a user. And yeah. so he's in this busted up recognizer. Uh, and yeah, and here's, do, doing more with it, by the way, than Neo ever did. Right, with, right. With these abilities. Exactly, yeah. That's what that's hey, what should have happened in Neo. And Neo did, it, speaking of the cinematography again, I remember watching this and then it seeing it pan through like that, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, remember, I remember watching this and getting a, a boner. Uh, yeah. Someone directed this scene. Yeah, that's a crazy... It's well, because cool well, it felt... You know, they've been doing all this other stuff like matte paintings right. and stuff, you know, and, and it's all locked off shots. And this... The, I will say that they, the production design is very they, it's very well coordinated because the sets and you know everything being glowing edges and stuff like that feels like it very much like it exists in the same world as the the CG stuff. You know, you accept the CG as being crummy because whatever they're in a computer, and then it, they're in a computer, so of course it looks like it's a computer. And then you get inside here, and it's glowing edges, and it feels like the same world. But you're for me, I was so used to the map paintings that suddenly it dollies through this thing, and it actually kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> Bj Novak, no. no, this is actually where the sort of quasi-religious aspect of it becomes because as he's dying, he looks at him and says, "Are you a user?" And Kevin's like, "Yeah, I am a user." And that look of like, like, oh my God, I can die happy it's, now. It's, it's, it's actually it's very, like, it's very biblical. It's very like the the people who meet Christ re- and and who believe he's the Son of God. That's a very biblical analogy. I was going to say it was more like uh, Quillick and Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest. Yeah, that. There's that too. I mean, that that that's what I'm sort that's of saying. The same thing. That's it a, is, it's yeah, the same analogy of of meeting of essentially literally meeting your maker of essentially the of meeting your of meeting the divine in the moment that you die. That that's not exclusive to Christianity, but certainly Christianity made that popular. That that sort of that sort of storytelling. Um, 
made it popular and then tried totally, to claim it came up with right, it. Right. I was totally into meeting my creator way before Christianity. Yeah, came up now with it's it. not cool anymore. <laughs> But as far as like, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, avatars of gods meeting, you know, walking amongst us. Uh, and that's where, you know, a lot of the quasi-religious themes of this kind of come into. And and what I what I don't understand is how he can have these great user powers over the, the game grid, yet he still has a hard this time is great. steering a bus. I love uh, watching the solar sailor appear. The solar sailor? I mean, yeah. I'm all, I, I love Count Dooku, really. <laughs> <laughs> But again, I mean, this movie has a lot more influence on a lot of our modern sci-fi than I think people seem to realize. Um, there's not... Oh, that's hot. Sorry. Um, for some reason, that does it for me. Like the, like the mission control look? Well, just like the, the, the Tron jumpsuits on the ladies looks... For whatever reason, that Metropolis-style look just sort of... I don't know. That's the thing for me. Metropolis, the original. No, I know, I know what you're talking iPad. about. I'm just yeah. trying to figure that. out if I feel safe with you. Oh, no, I, yeah, I mean, I can stab anything. Um, <laughs> no, but... Uh, but yeah, no, the and you can kind of tell like on these close shots, like just how sort of flimsy the material looks. That's been, that makes up these. Oh, outfits. on on Sark's outfit, yeah. like the whole thing. I'm it's like, pretty. I look at that and and I go, I have literally made little paper helmets like that. Right. I've yeah. made stuff uh, that of exactly the same consistency and and structural yeah. integrity as you that. Feel helmet bad he's for the wearing. costume designer yeah. at the end of every day. What's crazy is that the Tron guy, the the old Tron guy who made the Tron suit. Uh, the I know his name. Yeah. I know his name. Uh, he he actually made probably a better quality suit. than, yeah. than these people. He made one that could light up on its own. Yeah. <laughs> There's something to be said for that. You know? What's his name? I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay. I thought you were bragging. No, there's, no, no, no. there's no electronics in that suit. He just made it glow through his own love of Tron. It's yeah. just sort of, uh, <laughs> it, was just, it was just there. I, you don't okay. want to know what the material now, is. Now, here's my thing. Glowing. Here's my thing. People talk about how there was a figure in, what was it, Young Sherlock Holmes? That was yeah. A, it was a... Uh, the mirror gladiator. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was um, or the like a stained glass, glass, glass window night. Yeah. night. And they say it's the first CG character. Some people say it was the, uh, the water creature in the abyss. I say it's Bit. Bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, he's a character. He has a yes. personality. No, they give they give him a bit of personality, even though he's he's a he's a uh, uh, didactic character essentially, or a binary character. He's yes, he's still he got is a, a little, binary character. Yeah, that's the gag. Yeah, I mean, no, that's I know. <laughs> he but is I'm, a bit. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying so. Yeah, yes and no, ones and zeros. So he's a permission code, but it's yeah, it's a. Uh, but I mean, they the way they I I give them credit. There's little subtleties of the animation on him where when he does an emphatic no, the spikes get a little spikier. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's my, my favorite. I love, I love his Shia moment too. I, these guys, no, 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 I, no, 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 I no. What not, is Big Bird the, doing here? These dudes, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, either go full bore with that or not at all. Like, yeah. have you're, have you're talking you know, about the wacky costumes? It, it turns and, into yeah. it, it turns into the cantina essentially, uh, and, and, or never yeah. ending story. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, ivory tower in the oh story, zoinks but. my recognizer zoinks scoop <laughs> suddenly suddenly the recognizer's chitty chitty bang bang um it's it's just like oh you rascal you poor thing just but getting busted up here it, it, you know and oh. it's it's also interesting we were talking about cinematography i feel like in some cases pre uh, previously it, it used to be you know you could tell that the effects what the <laughs> oh, effect shot was cuz dead yeah cuz the camera wouldn't move right right but in Tron, you actually get moving cameras a lot more often in in the CG world right. than you do in in real world interactions, right. which is interesting. We saw him using his user powers again. He actually held out his hands and was able to hold the thing yeah. together. Well, uh, di- like disintegrate it, but yeah. still keep the momentum and yeah, bring yeah, it yeah. back together. Yeah, is the Matrix Tron? 
There's you can draw. I mean, Tron. You have to understand, Tron is such a blender, or not Tron. Uh, Matrix is such a blender of influences yeah. of noir, of anime, of of Tron, of, of uh, Blade Runner, of Tron. Like, there's so many direct influences of it. I um, literally, I as a thought experiment, I tried to come before the Tron sequel came. It actually became a thing. People were talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, how would I do a Tron? How would I do a Tron sequel?" And I basically, in my mind, independently developed the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. basically. Uh, step by step I got to the point where I was like I got to the point where I had all the pieces together and I was like oh and if there's action it should be like Kung Fu oh it's the Matrix which I it, see what I just did there which <laughs> in my mind that happens to me all the time I accidentally wrote Stairway to Heaven on right. the piano and, and I was like Chloe listen to this and she was like are you kidding there was a, that's cool I didn't know you liked that song I'm like I just what song and she's like, da 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 da. Pearl Jam did the same thing with uh, "Given to Fly." They didn't realize it, but they actually wrote "Going to California" by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> like, they, I mean, the chord progression is identical. But uh, it's funny you mentioned that. There well, was, when, when you only use the same three chords for all your, of rock and, and roll, Pearl Jam, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, there's there's a. I remember there was a. Uh, a show that I developed with uh, my friend called Man vs. Monster. We've been trying to sell it. We got interest from a network that wanted to do something with us with the same sort of tone but a different premise. And so me and my partner were sort of like spitballing ideas back and forth. And I literally said like in, in this huge brainstorming session, I'm like, what if you go around uh, looking at different myths and I don't know, like exposing or busting them? <laughs> and I, as soon as I said that, I'm like, Are you, oh, God damn, I'm such an idiot. Like, But like we had, it was the, it was the, the pinpoint. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was the net result. I'll stand in the corner now. <laughs> it was the net result of like this long brainstorming session, and you just sort of get funneled into this position that you realize has already been created. Like it's it happens all the time if, if as part of the creative process. But but I mean that's part of the reason why Matrix I don't think gives itself to sequels very well because that movie is a focal point of so many disparate elements and disparate influences that when you try to expand the mythology onto its own. You you sort of it kind of unravels at the scene. There seams. are too many directions. To yeah, go in. exactly. And and so if you focus, if you get your proportions wrong on what to focus on, yeah, like they Which do, they, they absolutely did. do. And hey, I love Cornell West as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see him play an elder in the Matrix. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like it just you don't it gets you it gets diminishing returns on what you focus on. And and I think had there been another three Matrix movies, it would have gotten progressively worse and worse. Oh yeah, maybe oh, like yeah. with another certain film that takes place in the stars with giant wars. <laughs> Dorkman Fixtron. <laughs> just I, I if, you, if you got a moment, just, I don't think just have a go. I, I don't think it's. it's I think the super... idea and the structure and the world are all okay, but something's off. Yeah, I don't think it's badly broken. I think it's just, you know, co- well compared to today. I mean, what we're gonna see in Tron Legacy is how you make this movie today. In fact, that's what I thought when I when I saw the trailer. The prop, not not just the. Um, the test test footage because i saw the test footage and i'm like yeah you could totally do that today and that looks pretty cool but when when they actually made the trailer (laughs) and there's the there's the bit where it uh where it cuts to the the shot of like the big plane and the recognizer is is touching down and stuff like that and the the way they updated the design and it's it's still made in the computer (laughs) but nowadays you know and i just i saw that shot and i was like this is why you remake or do a sequel right. to a movie like this. This is exactly why you would do a Tron 2. I get it. 
There, yeah, <laughs> I'm in. And the the eight minutes of footage I saw showed um, this is when it starts to become a Gilliam movie, and you're like, yeah, what is happening. <laughs> it really is. He's 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 essentially you expect him to like be smoking a hookah on top of a mushroom. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. The it's rotating very, the rotating stair step yeah. wizard. Well, I mean, the idea is that he's the guy who created MCP, and he's been exiled and banished, but he has like the knowledge that can sort of get them there. Again, this is where we get sort of deeply sort of spiritual at this point. We pick up the action a little this bit is later. Kind of where we get waist high in the spiritual. Yeah, wise. we get very and, kind of I, and existential existential like existential sort of um you know uh uh, apparent like just these weird funnel that we get sort of stuck in but um there was a shoot i totally forgot my oh the eight minutes of footage that we saw um it was from when uh the younger fling gets absorbed into the game grid and he gets picked up by a recognizer and actually gets taken up into it and the architecture the cockpit of the recognizer is very different it's all open and all the structures are like this kind of smoky, semi-opaque glass that you can actually... He actually looks up and sees the person piloting the recognizer, and he's sort of in this prison with... uh, Or this little mini holding cell with a bunch of other programs. And they really did a good job, I felt, of establishing the personalities of various programs there. And you can kind of look at each one of them and see, oh, I see what kind of program that guy is, you know, and still being abducted. And then he gets taken and he gets stripped down of his human clothes and gets... Instead of whereas this Flynn... uh, when he appears in the game grid, he's already got the uniform on. There are these four siren programs and all the programs voices are sort of slightly auto-tuned and sort of like robotic in a way, which is, it, it added a lot to it. Um, and they, they put the uniform on him and give him his identity disc. And that's like something he gains once he's in the game grid, uh, that, and also just the geography of, uh, the world itself was much more textured, much more deep, much more clearly defined. And you could make an argument that as computers progress, and this is sort of the height of what computers can do here with these concentric balls with lines and perspective shifting, and essentially second-year geometry in high school is what they were capable of doing in, in computers at the point. They really take advantage of, you know, uh, building a world in the new movie that, is much more commiserate with uh, what computers are capable of now. Where it's at. Because, and, because, and, and it's uh, even, I, I would think, I don't know because I haven't seen the movie, but I would figure it, that's essentially justified and justifiable in the movie by saying as the computers got more advanced, so did this world. Yeah, the, the that world it developed, yeah. It. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, and that's a totally gimme, like, you know, sure. logical thing to assume. But like, and so I, and so I don't mean to say that that's, you know, a great credit to them that they do that. But, I'm just saying that the amount of thought that they did, uh, there's a lot of subtleties in the production design I saw that, irrespective of how the movie turns out, I think are going to have a lasting contribution to world designing sci-fi movies like this. You know, sort of like how I don't think it'll, I don't think the new movie will be quite as influential as this one was, even I if think, it's a better movie. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no I I'm, think I think that it'll. Um, they got some fractal work going on down there. Yeah, it, it there's a couple. You know, the the neutron is kind of in a weird state where it's been it's the beneficiary of everything that tron created you know everything that's trickled down from tron has now come back together into a tron sequel yeah but but from the same token i feel like people are gonna because it's the sequel to tron people aren't going to look to it in quite the same way as they do for this because they're like oh it's the tron sequel of course it's designed that way and blah 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 and they're not really going to think about it as much as uh they they are here but to be to be completely fair i think when this movie came out while it was cool it definitely wasn't sort of earth shattering and it didn't it took time for it to really sort of with that said though again i think kind of like what malcolm gladwell talks about in outliers it's not just something has to be good something has to be good and in the right time and in the right place and influence the right people in order for it to be a thing of of importance so this one got three out of four 
Minus the good part. <laughs> Minus the good part. But uh, that it was good in the ways that affected people. You know, I mean, it's just like it, it had it didn't have to do everything right. It just had to do something new and unique. And that's say what you want about the film. Name any other movie five years before or after this that were as unique in design and and um and just and just concept as this one was. Um even though the story itself is just a, essentially a, a a chase Brazil. Movie. Okay, yeah, Brazil's okay. That's fair. I'll I'll take that on the chin. And like, people know how I feel about Brazil. I'm just saying Alien. Alien Alien Alien, alien is, is derivative. Space. Haunted, Haunted House of Space with a creature element to it. It just did it did something familiar very well. Alien did. And it, it did. It, it took. Well, no. It took alien. Something. Alien is derivative in its production design. Yeah, it took something new like this. Oh well, no! In its production design, it's revolution. I, no, I would it's say it's not. derivative. No, it's not. No, I would it's say not. it's re- derivative in story in the sense that it's yeah, not an alien. I'm sorry. But, it is a straight linear line on the graph from um, Logan's Run to Star Wars to Alien. Well, and, that, and one thing we asked. They we, just they just Star Wars Star Wars. Well, I I don't know about that. What mm. I would the, say the, is the, that the, the story the story is pretty is pretty typical. The the artwork of. H.R. Giger is certainly unique. But with that said, how often do we see the alien in Alien? Right. Not that often. Because right. it wasn't fully realized. This is a fully realized world. Yeah. Commiserate with the tools it's that they have. It's, uh, it's not a, equivalent to the tools with, that they have. With, like, with something like Alien... You know, there's not a lot of world building involved with Alien. It's I still just, support the railing system. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's hints at a greater mythology, but not not to the not where they had to design. Alien works because it's so familiar. Yeah, because it's so familiar of just working a shitty union job on a boat. Like it's yeah. it's that's what's unique about it. This is like, oh yeah, you know, I woke up today, I got sucked into a game grid where everything's a program, and there's quasi religious overtones, and there's a chase, and then there's gladiator fights, and you know, you I mean, that's that one sentence contains yeah, more. Yeah, this ideas is actually re- this is creating an entirely new. New world and alien is just inserting a new element into ours you know yeah or it's it's identifying the uh it's taking the future and throwing in extremely similar elements if you would have said all of alien takes place on an oil rig and you never saw an exterior of a spaceship the movie doesn't change right you know like they're in boiler rooms they're in they're in cargo bays they're in uh you know bridges. in their defense they're not in beer factories they're <laughs> they're not <laughs> yeah. they're not down the street from here no they're not yeah so I love that. I, I I love how empty it is because for me, whether they meant it to be or not, this is where you can sort of uh, attribute. This is like the computer landscape was empty at this point. Like we had developed the ability to network computers, but we didn't populate it with anything. I mean, you have to go like yeah, five miles there. that way. To there get wasn't to even there wasn't even Usenet at this point. You know, there wasn't even Prodigy at this point. You know, but somewhere down there, people are still arguing about Star Trek. There's probably Guaranteed. there's probably porn in there somewhere, but probably some really obscure weird porn because you know from some oh, one, there's one Kirk Spock slash fic in there somewhere. I guarantee it. <laughs> Family ties fan fiction. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's angry. Way, way, to, way to kill it there. Yeah. Family. Everyone's like, family ties? <laughs> Wait a second. And then Tom Hanks <laughs> appeared again and yeah, and punched Alex again. I don't know how um, I feel about the uh, smooth and increasingly rocky terrain. I don't know what they're going for there. Because I would feel like, because I feel like what they're like saying is minutes. that we're getting out to yeah. the undeveloped part, but the undeveloped part would be totally flat. It would not be mountainous. Um, uh, Why would the know. computer procedurally Fra- generate fragmented hard drives? There you go. Boom. God damn it. Take Honed. it. <laughs> I wonder what percentage of the human population knew what the term fragmented hard drive meant in 1982. <laughs> if you had the disk defragger that you had to run and you got to watch your computer, like, you looked at your computer and you're like, oh, gee, have I really been doing this? Like, <laughs> you, we, when all of your fucking around on the internet is rep- on your 28K modem is represented by random splashes of blocks. Yeah. I'd, Dated, we dated ourselves there a little bit. 
our fourteen year old listeners are going, huh? What? IRC. There was Mickey Mouse. Slash really me. Quickly on the yeah, yeah. terrain. They did it. They did that. That's a thing, actually. If you, uh... Brian, why do you have a Shakespeare app? It's the collected <laughs> works of Shakespeare. No, on my no, phone. no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're talking about the damn movie, or things around the movie, or things in the thing. Seriously, we're not talking about to... gas prices. We're you not can talking actually, about... you can you actually, talk, you want to talk about the how far we've come? Sure. I have the collected works of William Shakespeare, the size of his phone. On my Dorkman, Dorkman, connect Shakespeare to Tron. Constitution. Connect Shakespeare to Tron. You can do uh, it. You can do it. I have faith in you. Game grid. Shakespeare invented words. Yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare invented the and word they, eyeball, and they which s- there are several of in this movie. And they say words in this movie. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure you could associate this with one of the, uh, probably one of the historical ones, like uh, Henry VIII or something. You know. I re- but. Uh, I, don't uh, know. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm sure you could do Macbeth or yeah. Uh, no, Macbeth is about betrayal Henry and some other or something. Henry the Fourth. It's about maturity. Eddie, Henry you're doing it too now. Is, yeah. About, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to work backwards from this weird tangent we got to. Anyway, um, no. Uh, there, there's a um, forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Damn it! Now I'm thinking Shakespeare. Oh yeah, I was gonna say there's a if there's a Bloop. I remember before the Matrix came what out. What would have stretch right there is pretty impressive. Yeah. What would have happened the if, the, if the solar sail ship ran into that the glob thing? Just thank God it didn't. Okay. Right. <laughs> See, and that's and that's. I've been very hard to animate. <laughs> and, and because you know, a large stretch of this movie is them going out sort of, quote, into the wilderness, that's, you know, or like this weird escape. like so Sarah actually, Palin's it's, Alaska. It's <laughs> actually not that, that uh, much of a, a stretch of the movie. It just feels that way because nothing's yeah. happening. Because yeah. nothing's happening. They're just talking. The MCP's mad at him. Uh, Sark is getting his Vader on. Uh, but, yeah, you follow the same. Oh, here we go. Here's here the famous shot. Animated. Uh-oh. We have, no, we have no things, but it's like, uh-oh. Those guys, we better not run into those. Yeah. And there, there's zero consequence whatsoever. With that said, there's a huge chunk of the video game in which you have to fight these dudes and you're getting sort of overwhelmed mm-hmm. by them, uh, which was actually one of my favorite mini games of the of the arcade game. And the, the animation is totally wrong, but I'm sure it was that way intentionally because they're like, yeah. look, look how much better, better this is. Look at that. Look and at this stupid old guy in a weird yeah. suit. Fuck you. I drew a spider. Yeah, I drew a spider and they're like bouncing and they have a personality and it's awesome, right? I sincerely hope the Disney animators that day spoke exactly like we yeah. just did. <laughs> Fuck you, Black Cauldron's gonna ru- rule. Seriously, if we've been doing something down hallways for... looking at them <laughs> while they did it. <laughs> if we've been it, doing it. something for a hundred years, there, there can't possibly be a better way to do it, right? Right. 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 Am I right, yeah. guys? Yeah. Come on, let's go play frisbee. Yeah. Um, with that said, I think there. I mean, there. It is sort of worth saying this is something like this was sort of. It had a, a hand to play in, in Pixar being. You know, oh, yeah. put together. There should there. Well, Lasseter watched this Lassiter and he was wa- like, huh? "Yeah, <laughs> my life has changed." Lasseter, yeah. when this was happening, when this came out, Lasseter was literally animating uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. He was like one uh-huh. of the animators on that. So, yeah, I mean, so he started as a two D guy. All those Calars guys did, um, but they they saw the potential in this, and and when they had the ability to take a crack at it, they did. So, I mean, this is you. I don't know. I don't want to say you wouldn't have had Pixar if not for this, but there. I mean, there there's something to be said for it. It's. Yeah, there's definitely um I mean, you know, sooner or later someone would have sorted out the idea of using a computer <laughs> to to yeah. animate. Yeah. But uh but it definitely wouldn't it wouldn't be the same. Right. That's definitely uh something you can say for sure. I, I do like I do like <laughs> with, the idea with a reasonable uh degree yeah. of um of, of of well of confidence. There, there is a there is something to be said for this and it is a sort of another weird parallel to Matrix Revolutions at this point. But there, I do like the idea of the quote unquote anointed one or the insanely overpowered one as the guy who has to sacrifice himself and therefore not be 
the person who actually like because uh, you know Tron kind of takes a lead from this point on as far as like directly fighting the bad guy, but but Flynn is the one who you know he he's technically the most powerful one there, but he's the one who steps aside to let the other guy step up and be you know the quote hero as it were. I kind of like that. I wish movies explored that option better than Tron and Matrix Revolutions, but I like yeah, yeah I like the idea of the overpowered guy getting out of the way to let something less powerful shine i don't know yeah well it's like we've talked about on matrix and and the star wars prequels i would i would love to see the chosen one meme where the guy being the chosen one fucks him up and he goes i i can't deal with this i don't want to be the chosen one dogma dogma does it reasonably well yes but in in terms of a science fiction fantasy context in and that's kind of the idea behind all of the stories, but I don't think Matrix or the Star Wars prequels have ever really explored the psychology right. To your point, uh, Eric in the chat says Beowulf. Which, what, like the classical Beowulf or the uh, Zemeckis Beowulf? Well, I think he's referring to the story of Beowulf. Not, the, the actual not, poem. Not, not yeah. Zemeckawulf. Zemeckawulf. Uh, you know, or Beowulf is better. But that's I that's think, different. I don't think that's, Beowulf. That's really different. I don't. I don't even see yeah. the connection there, to be you're, honest. You're because talking, I don't think Beowulf ever resisted his calling. Beowulf just showed up and he was like, "Hey, I'm Beowulf. You got a monster? I'll rip its arm off and beat it to death with it." Be- Beowulf <laughs> is more about. He, well, let's see. Beowulf was a successful king that defended his kingdom for however long. And and then just kind of gets tired towards the end before he dies. Like that's that's a very different story than than what we're talking. We're talking about a guy who appears in a world insanely overpowered, has near godlike status, but who actually sacrifices himself, or he has to do something that allows someone else to step up to really shine and com- and directly confront the antagonist. Him being the hero is him basically helping somebody else be a, save become the day, a hero, yeah, be, become yeah. the bigger hero. To an extent, there's a we. Uh, I, Look at the poor Roto guy trying to deal with beard. I know. Yeah, he's like, I hate you. There is a little bit of that. I in, hate beard uh, in Harry Potter. Harry still has to save the day, but he he. There's a thing. I'm not gonna. I don't want to spoil no, no, it because it's in the last. But there's something earlier that's not out yet. There's but. something earlier than that. I think it was in book five or six where they. Uh, someone points out Harry like, Potter spoilers. Well, no, but the, but someone points out at some point like yeah, Harry. They're like Harry. Do you realize the prophecy that anoints you as being the yeah. one? That could also be Nigel. Like right. that uh, could, uh, Neville. Uh, Neville. Yeah. So that could also be Neville. And for a moment there, that's a really cool book, moment. That's, that's cool. a really cool moment. You're like that would oh, be really shit. awesome. Maybe Neville steps up and becomes. Mm-hmm. And, and Neville has his own journey and has his own you know progression yeah. in the story. But I like that idea of you know, holy crap, this person is there to allow the other person to become something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's something that is a really cool idea explored in this. That I mean, the movie is called Tron. It's not called Flynn. Yeah, the movie it's about Tron. It's about Tron. Yeah. Tron is the one who directly confronts evil, who defeats giant David Warner. And it's um, and it's and it's also interesting um, in the sense of what we've talked about with um, science. You know, science fiction being kind of an extension of our current fears. Yeah. We were talking about you know the idea of the master control program is is scary, and it's like oh, computers could totally take over and yada yada yada. It's worth pointing out that it's Tron. It's another it's computer like a program, program that defeats him. That defeats him. So it's like, yes, it mm. can it can be used for evil, but it can also be used for good. It right. all depends on what's you uh, know, the, the fundamental humanistic statement about technology. It, yeah. The technology is not inherently good or evil. It yeah. is how we use it. You can use fire for good or evil. Right. You can use nuclear power for good or yeah. evil. Yeah, you can make the argument for Prometheus. You can make the yeah. argument for Frankenstein, which yeah. is how I think we tend to approach technology in general. We create something that 
does its own thing that is unchecked that isn't inherently evil it's just doing what it knows right. it's doing what it's capable of it's a tool it's a tool and it's depending on who is wielding yeah. it for what purpose Frankenstein is pure and, so and so is computers in a lot of sense yeah. computers are in a lot of ways they just you know how they say there's never any computer error it's always human error and that's yeah. that's true to a, to a large point it's true and I, I you almost, guys realize you just did like the NRA's byline thing right well un- well no but unless <laughs> unless you use Final Cut at which point then it's it's absolutely evil oh, on its own. Oh, uh, please. <laughs> good but save I, good save thank you I, I wonder if it's a if uh, going going to like the broader human context of it, almost. I wonder. What if does it mean to be human? Well, I wonder <laughs> if it's a if it's an element of, you know, it it seems like exactly what you're talking about in the the thing Goldblum says in Jurassic Park and all that. It's like, it seems like with technology, we just create it. We just we we're like, hey, we've we so hey, this look, look at we what yeah, we can do. A leads to B, so here's B, and it's like, do we? Is there an element of of almost unspoken in the subconscious? It's like, well, we're good, so the technology will like we don't consider yeah. the fact that the yeah. technology doesn't care what it's used for. Right, right. right. We well, expect that, the technology have to have its own sense of more ethics. That goes back to <laughs> the you know Einstein and Oppenheimer and that whole group yeah. of scientists that when they were first working on the Manhattan Project. See, now that is literally Derez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the it, the question they considered amongst themselves was, should we really tell the politicians about this? Because this is the right. power to destroy. Destroy the world, destroy and we the give world, them that. Right, there may and be at no the time they didn't know if it would just if it would never stop splitting cells or atoms. Yeah, right. Would it just continue to do that until the entire world was on fire? Uh, a, a, a weird anecdote. That, that's too. actually the the central kind of moral question behind uh, the play Copenhagen yeah. by Michael Frayn, which is about uh, Niels Bohr and and Heisenberg. Heisenberg, who was in charge of the German nuclear program, and it's this whole aspect of like Heisenberg basically said, told the Germans, "No, it can't be done." And the question is. Was he just wrong, which would have fucked or did he, them, did he or did he do it on purpose? Them. Yeah, that's the big question. Darkman in the chat, he brings up. I think people are. It's just an extension of how people think that Asimov's laws of robotics are <laughs> true. That's <laughs> something that really happens. Yeah, it's. Well, I say robotic because he said robot. Robot. Yeah. and it's really yeah. funny. The the idea of I, I, and again, I'll, I'll I'll just say now the point of Asimov's story, I Robot, was that the laws were inadequate. Yeah. That, I don't. I don't know why people. Why people bring it up? They're like, "Oh, we'll make robots and just give them the three laws." It's like he wrote an entire book about how they why don't that work. work. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, what the book is. There, I remember reading an interview with uh, the lead singer of TV on the radio. Uh, his name was Tunde Adebimpe, and they had called their most recent album "Dear Science," and they're like, "That's an odd name because there's no t- there's no track called Dear Science. There's no reference to Dear Science or anything." And he said, "Well, a lot of the he's like for me, science is both magical and terrifying because." A lot of times, fucking magnets. Am I right? Oh, right. <laughs> no, he said. Well, he says because because he talked about sort of what what Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park talks about. Like we too often build something fantastic and then work backwards on how to use it. And he says, you know, there's a giant. He's like, he's talking about the Hadron Collider. He's like, you know, we we now actually have the capability to theoretically create a tiny black hole and contain it. And he says, I just imagine what the conversation around that was. Like, well, we did this thing, okay? Can, I, don't, can, I don't agree with that. No, he's like, well, he's like, he's like, okay, can we watch sex on it? No. Can we kill people? Probably. Cool. Like that's you know, there's a lot of fear that we sort of develop things that, if we have an intended consequence, it's often the unintended consequences that what technology ends up getting used for. I don't agree with that though. The, I, I mean, say what you want. The, the hadron you know, collider was built for a very specific purpose of, I, of trying. I, of, of, of course, I get that. But I mean, the you, point the point is in the later in the conversation, he says, you know, meanwhile there's still a billion people uh, who will go to sleep tonight without clean drinking water. So it's like it has a very intended okay. purpose. You know, it's well, like that, that's a different point yeah, though. I, no, and, and that's what I was and, getting I mean, to. You know, and to, well, to go back to the nuclear weapon analogy, I mean, people. The Manhattan Project, they knew exactly what they were working on. And it was the whole idea of nuclear power 
at first we were we were worried about a nuclear bomb, and then only later we go, oh, maybe we want, what about power plants? We could yeah, use we could use power it, plants. exactly. So it's like the constructive use was, in a way, an afterthought after the, the destructive. Do you purpose. see what Meanwhile, happens? Totally sweet, to do a totally sweet for fight. Tron? <laughs> Boom, dead. You're dead, Sark. Like I, no, I love that so hard. I love this. This is a uh, th- this scene I actually really through the this. brain or whatever the, you keep th- there <laughs> through the know. brain port. Yeah, I don't know why uh, your head is a but sure. I love the little circuits on the ground too. Mm-hmm. Like that's like that's the viscera. Well, I, I love just them when he when he fell over and a bunch of like little bits like brains just little yeah, the, little, little glowy bits fell out of his head. The digiviscera. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what the little chips or whatever they are. Like little chunks of little gems. Of, yeah. It looks like bejeweled. It looks yeah. like a game of be- bejeweled has <laughs> right. spilled all over the. Now floor. this this yes, actually this did movie bug me. is very visually striking. It's <laughs> like it's like it's like right there. It's like okay, I think he's a it's giant. Actually, yeah, like, it's actually yeah. a little unclear what. The, okay, he, it's not clear that he's a giant because there's nothing to compare him to. Right. Quite frankly, until there, until we have perspective. Yeah. yeah. No. Suck <laughs> my yeah. dick. I love this. He throws his disc and he's just like, get the fuck out. Yeah. So right there. Oh, you're so Oof. cute, Tron. Why did he get big? Because uh, Master Computer Program said, I give you all my power. Because it's the third act of a Power Rangers episode, I guess. Pretty, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Just call down the sword. That's <laughs> all you ever need to do. It takes yeah. one hit on any monster. <laughs> Don't There is wait. no reason to punch it into buildings. Call for the sword. Turn into your giant tank version, roll over the putties, and you're good to go. <laughs> that, that's like in the Harry Potter fanfic you just yeah. turned me on to. It's like, just use Avocadabra. Yeah. Just go, just use the killing curse. Go straight curse. to the killing that. curse. That will kill everything. Go straight to that. You don't have to expose the troll to sunlight. Just kill it. Right. <laughs> Look, it's oh, an iconic man. kissing shot. In front of a red thing. Yes, yeah. this movie is very visually striking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Smart ass. For for its time. For I mean, uh, one thing I think th- now it is it is I mean it's it's kind of a big deal, like you said, going back to what you were saying earlier, the fact that he sacrifices himself because he's the only person. <laughs> right. Like he can right. die. He, yeah. The rest of them will just whatever. Yeah. He actually but, his yeah, sacrifice why he, actually. Why didn't he strike something? up that deal? Like, hey, you, you go do it. I'll just rewrite you. How about that? Yeah. Does that work? No, but he that's the point, is that, that he earns he earns the success he's gonna have later on. He uh-huh. earns it by sacrificing himself. This is you know, your your pro, your protagonist, if it gets like a really awesome ending for them, he has to somewhat earn it. This is cool. I wish they explored Wait, this. That more. happened in never ending story. I jumped into the waterfall. Well, that's a common archetype of yeah. That's that's not stories. that's nothing. Waterfalls new. are in everything. You have to self-sacrifice yourself in order to get the reward, to, at the to end, earn which it, is yeah. actually a really bad moral lesson to teach people. <laughs> well, it, again, it's also I, I mean, stories like that go back to uh, you know pre-Bible. The story it's Job. It's the story of Job, like the idea mm-hmm. that he he takes so much shit and he's willing to sacrifice and willing to do all. Or Abraham, he's willing to stab his own son right at the moment he's about to do it. Oh, God's like, just kidding. Just God kidding. kidding. God hey, remember that yeah. time I told God, you to kill God's like J.K. Lull. Yeah, just and then just <laughs> yeah. You know, the, honestly, the honestly, yeah, I've always had a problem with that story. Really, the only yeah, proper I hate that story. The the only proper lame, response, yeah, the the only proper moral response for a God to have to that is like whoa are you crazy no the point i'm trying to make here is when someone tells you something to do something wrong don't don't do it even yeah. if it's me yeah. <laughs> don't Mor- moral moral tests are yeah, I mean, yeah. there's you a lot fucking of moral know tests. better that's that should I, be the moral of that story. i love but, but, i love the, the joke is, in that family guy episode where it's the two of them walking down off the mountain and and what's which job's name uh Abraham. no Abraham. 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 Isaac. isaac 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 is like you want to tell me what the fuck that was yeah. all about <laughs> the, but the point is is that if you take out the presence of of a sky bully and you just have the person get there on their own then it's a cool story if the guy's like yeah, yeah i'm willing to sacrifice myself because it's the right thing to do 
then he yeah. can earn. The and it is important you know. that you're sacrificing yourself and not your kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there, there is that. But I'm just saying that that story is is nothing new, and that's there's you know there's a reason for it. It's you know people but, people want when someone yeah, the asks idea, if you're a god. You say yes. You yeah. say yes, of course. The idea of sacrificing yourself so that the world can be better and then you don't actually have to sacrifice yourself that, and that's, that's and the you bad get, lesson. And you get honey and candy. Like it's yeah, that's yeah. a bad lesson to have, but it's it's very tempting for people to want to believe in. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, it's easy. But, well, I, I, mean, I guess I, if that's the way you have to get people to accept the moral lesson of self sacrifice, then, then I guess. That's, sure. always, yeah. uh, that's always been my uh, or uh, that's that's become my thing with like the the uh the Christian story. It's like, well Jesus sacrificed himself. It's like if if I could kill myself and make all if I if I could eradicate world hunger by dying, by letting someone kill me, and not only do I not stay dead, but I get to be ruler of the universe I'm gonna do it, and I'm Tough not gonna choice. consider that all that much of a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. David Cross you know? in his stand-up. That's has like a really that's funny like if that. I if I if I let someone take my car, if I gave MythBusters my car to blow up, and then you know on a Friday, and then on Monday they bought me a Ferrari to to compensate yeah. me for it, I don't think I made a sacrifice. Yeah, I, I got don't. to watch MythBusters and right. I got a Ferrari. Yeah, I love how one sheet of dot matrix printed paper. Yeah. is the evidence he needs to crack the case. <laughs> yes. it's, it's, the judge is going to be like, well, this is well, completely... This, uh, this false, came from a computer? My God. I couldn't Clearly. Have, you couldn't have done this yourself, so obviously... <laughs> he, he doesn't even go to get it notorized or anything. <laughs> he, just, he just sort of... There, there was a... Um, it's like kids who print $20 bills in Photoshop. They just... I, you know. Yeah, I remember I remember reading an anecdote about uh, about that. I can't remember where, but someone had um, someone had stolen some other guy's program, or it appeared like it, and they were doing like this presentation with it. Was this the Facebook movie? No, um, but they were they were showing this program, and the and the guy who believed he had been ripped off approached him, and he and he said, you know, have you, you know, he had it up on a screen showing what all the program could do. He's like, where did you get this? And blah blah. blah and was confronting him, and he was totally denying that. No, it's got nothing to do with you, and blah 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 blah. And then he goes up and he types in like. Uh, three commands like a secret command and it totally just lists written by blah 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 and it had his ah, name and everything right. so it was nice. within the code that they didn't right. the nice. people coding on top kind of it yeah, yeah didn't yeah. understand they it packaged we live, it I just, patented it I just want to say on we box. live in some scary times when it comes to intellectual property especially with things like the Amazon Studio Microsoft and, Surface you know yeah, is what's being said in the chat okay uh yeah, Amazon Studios Flip. is Check a terrible out. thing. Don't do it's, it. Yeah, Drew McQueen over at HitFix has an, a, a wonderful breakdown of exactly why that's either incredibly naive or incredibly evil. Yeah, like it's it's spectacular. And I and I'm I was in Project Greenlight. I was in all this other stuff. But th- this is like spectacularly evil. Yeah, do you know what this shot is doing cynical. thematically? It's, Everyone's just following their routine, man. Well, and it's it also and resembles living, the cityscapes of program. of the computer thing. It feels a lot like Tron. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's that's Handel's point. Directed by Steven Lisberger. You know what that means? That means the movie's over. Holy shit, Tron is over. We did it. And we, we did, did it everybody. without uh, falling falling all over ourselves. So, we talked about know. Shakespeare for a little while. We did. But um, we did. You know. I'll, sort, I'll sort that out. I'll have that ready for the, the anniversary <laughs> show. <laughs> oh, shit. There we go. Anyway. Somebody can come and debate you about it. Tron yeah. is, um, it is a very impactful children's movie. And it has a little bit to offer to someone that is discerning as they watch it. But mostly it's just a cool looking movie and it's impossible that they pulled it off. It's the Avatar of 1982. And to an, it, to it, an extent it, that's actually yeah. very very in, and in 30 well said. And in 30 years Avatar is going to be this kids movie that people are like it's kind of <laughs> stupid and I don't it's long and I don't 
kind of you know and it's an amazing thing to look at but you know we have much better stuff now and we're going to be going no you don't get it you weren't there yeah. well, actually i was there and i got it then but, <laughs> essentially know. this is this is a movie for seven-year-olds and theology grad students like mm-hmm. it you know sort of like uh and nobody in between and no one in between it, like the, uh, yeah, yeah jean moby's garage sid mead peter lloyd yep Cool. Brian, Tron, say something nice. Uh, this we- movie is very visually striking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And, and everything said about you know the, its revolutionary qualities cannot be understated because they are, they are great. I, I, think, I think the problem story-wise with this movie is that it is very, very badly paced. And it's, it's very lumpy in the way that we talked about. 1990 scene by Journey. It's, nice. It's, uh, it, you know, but it's, it's very front-loaded, like we talked about. And it's, and it's tricky also. <laughs> in the chat, Chris says, this movie has a great personality. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tricky because, uh, you know, at the time, pa- pacing expectations were different, too. Mm, like, yeah. all the expectations, you know, you, you could sit and just watch a movie, you know, uh, Chinatown. 2001, 2001. Or Chinatown, or it's, it's just the kind of thing where you sat back and went, well, it's just happening at my face, and I'm, uh, he, that's what I'm here for, you know? <laughs> and uh, it, nowadays we have much more sophisticated expectations from our, our but, movie entertainment. But I also I think, think. St- structurally, I think there's some fundamental flaws in this. And I think, it, watching it again, I think basically, I, th- I think Chris is partly right in the sense that it's an escape movie without without any tension. But also, I think it's set up in the beginning as a gladiator movie, and it's mm. a gladiator movie for a couple of scenes, and then it turns into an escape movie that doesn't that, have any That's tension. why it's so well, easy to make I a vision trailer out of it. I yeah. think fundamentally yeah. that's the problem. You're kind of set up for this gladiatorial, like, okay, here's this world with all these different rules, and you have to abide by all these arbitrary rules to win over the guy who's running yeah. the game, and, you know and then it turns into an escape movie. You know that's well, going to happen a lot in Legacy, too. And I th- Well, but the thing is, is that uh, part of the problem with it, and you're, and you're right, is that it's a gladiator movie, and the gladiator is direct symmetrical combat. They escape yeah. the gladiatorial situations, and then instead of going into mounting or plotting some sort of other grander symmetrical combat, right. they, it's asymmetrical combat. A chase. They, and, 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 and the Matrix. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> well, then there's, be, there's green pictograms sliding they, up on the screen. They graduate from gladiatorial combat <laughs> Those to, <are> to, <laughs> to espionage and asymmetrical combat. Those are people, combat. T. With feelings. <laughs> feelings. <laughs> and credit cards. <laughs> and, uh, and they don't... And, they don't, uh, and, and so it, it doesn't lend itself to a exciting uh, act three. I think, that, I think that's a good way of putting yeah. it. It's asymmetrical conflict in a gladi- gladiator context, <laughs> and then it turns into an asymmetrical chase film. Yeah. Well, no, it's symmetrical when it's gladiatorial, and then it's asymmetrical when right, it's right, chase film. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I think like, I think it's a good yeah. way of putting it. Magi Synthovision. Thank you, 1982, <laughs> for that. Spacey Tech back, Talk. Yeah, no, but back then I was I was again reading like the Cinefex articles, and it was totally like, oh, and with his company, digital images. I was like, well, I, I guess if you if you got there early, you, you were Peter able Jurassic to, is Crom. Yep, yeah, yeah. there he is. Well, he actually had a not his own title. Crom. But he um, had like Crom you know, laughs at your computer generated imagery. Also starring, you know, three or four names. Darkman, Tron. Role. Um, yeah, it's a fun. Honestly, Why honestly, <laughs> reading reading the the just reading the plot summary on Wikipedia before going into this again gave me a much better appreciation of what's going on, um, and and you know how it all fits together. And um, yeah, I think uh, you know it's it's not a movie that is you know it, it's it's a classic in in one way it's it's an important significant movie uh it's just it's just not a movie that you're gonna necessarily pop in your dvd player on a saturday right. night it'd be cool to have it on mute at a party sure sure yeah i think if like you, avatar if you go i remember there's one like club i used to, yes i was a club kid when you mm-hmm. like a club in the late 90s i used to go to and they play like industrial did music. you do poi and and do e and everything 
Uh, well, poi is Hawaiian food. I don't know what you mean by yeah, that. Yeah, did you but did poi, you do poi? poi? Is, is when you spin things around too. Oh, poi oh. balls, like yeah, because it's yeah. it's made out of the of, of the of the root. Did anyway. you do the oatmeals, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> did you do hot dogs? Did you do yeah. hot dogs? Answer me. Uh, no, but and they used to play. I remember they played anime and Tron on the wall. Uh, so it was like so. Go. That's it's a good movie for that. All right, Eddie, sum it up. We're here because We're, of you. We yes, got the, we got through it because of you. And I, I appreciate the indulgence. What is your really what is your like relationship with Tron in two thousand and ten? Uh, not as a kid it's it's no i don't think it's 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 no small shakes that we're doing this in karate kid in the same session because both of those movies intersected me right in that age between five and seven where your imagination really starts to unlock and those things that hit you at that moment really sort of capture your imagination if you're if you're a kid and you're into this sort of thing these are the this this is like i said it's not that this is a significant movie it's just that i was crossing the intersection when this movie blindsided me and it, ah. it was that perfect time and that perfect moment and i'm not alone like there's a reason why there, i guess again there's a reason why there's a sequel in 2010 this movie had that effect on a lot of people around my age or around the age that when you first see it i wasn't I was negative one when Star Wars came out, but I saw Star Wars right before I saw Tron, like in the in the timeline of me seeing movies. There, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for a movie doing things like. And again, back then, the main primary way I saw movies was on uh, TV on Channel 13, and it's you know, oh, Farrah Fawcett and Extremities, and then you go and you see Tron, and you're like, wow, my world has changed. I didn't realize movies could do that, you know. And yeah. it really opens up the idea and the possibility of what movies can be and what science fiction and imagination can be. The movie doesn't have to be that great. Transformers the cartoon was not that great, but holy shit, right? A truck that can turn into your best friend, cool, you know. Nice. So it's it's that's what the movie does for me, and and uh. And like I said, it did that. I'm I'm not alone. There's a reason why people kind of defend this movie. Uh, Chris Hanlon in the chat. How do you feel about Tron? And I will now emulate his voice. Um, <laughs> Tron. I wouldn't be where I am without it. But I just don't go around saying that loudly. That's my Chris Hanlon impression. It's a horrible Chris Hanlon impression because you it's made a pretty good sing- M- MCP though. I, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. he sounds like you're about to make him sing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> you never close it, your eyes. It, sound, it sounds like you're about to shut him down so you can get all the way to Jupiter. End of line. Daisy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> this has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Click that big iTunes link, get a brand new episode every single week. Find us on Twitter, slash Down in Front, Facebook, Down in Front Show. Contact at downinfront.net. Go to the forum. Involve yourself in the conversation. Involve yourself in the conversation even more so in the chat. We link it every week in the forum so you can find out when and where it's happening and involve yourself literally with the commentary. Uh, you go to the store, buy our shit, we get a buck. Go to the store, buy our shirts, we get like... 70 bucks it's, and you it's can great. you can imagine that you're sitting in the tron world while you do it no right. no do it and do it naked <laughs> <laughs> my, my program has a six-pack like we talked it. about yeah you know that, that, playing the no, that was the, a callback that, that, uh, yeah, uh, callback. Callback to callback. Today. absolutely yeah McFoley. Uh, anyway right. and until next time just my don't name touch is, yourself oh, uh chapter breaks show notes on itunes is matt beta veda and the Thank website made work by holden hill my name is t christie brian mike scott end of line Damn it! <laughs> and this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. You stole everyone's thunder. Yeah, I was the end of the line. The there, I wasn't just being uh, uh, snarky with it. I was. That'd the be last funny if that was the, the last. If if like you, you just go around the internet saying that in threads and then it gets locked. Yeah. Or like being like <laughs> like right after they disable comments on a YouTube video. End of line. End of line. Ah, got it. It's the opposite of first. First Hitler, end of line. End of line. <laughs> Unlocked gay, end of line. <laughs> Trendsinyourhead.com.